0: I'm. I'm just wondering if we need to do some some more like planning or anything at all to like. We didn't last time, and we did fine. All right, all right. Um, let's run it. Let's run it. Let's be cash. Hello, everyone,
1: and welcome to this week's episode of Mex Flentayo. It is me, the true outlaw of comics, Mr. Old School Standard Bear for all future generations, Ramon Villalobos, and with me, as always, I got El. Bichote, Bichote.
0: Yeah. What is it? <laughs> like I, I yes, that's me, Dan Daniel Irizarry. Like I, I almost don't want to like take too much credit for that name <clears throat> because if it sticks, take it or leave him. No, because if it sticks, it'll be like the, like the people who are mad at like Chapo Trap House for using El Chapo's name. It's like it's like a cred, Why? But, but it's like the... a street cred thing, <laughs> like some kind of like actual Bichote over here is gonna be like, I heard. I heard you've been calling yourself bichote. Is that is that is that the case? Who like who are you? Who are you paying respect? I call myself to? an outlaw. What's the um like an outlaw? Is anyone can be an outlaw? Like uh, uh, a bichote, <laughs> you you have to uh, be like a capo, like a guy who's uh, oh I see uh, the leader of a thing. <laughs> yeah,
1: you don't feel like you lead anything with this podcast. Uh
0: I mean we're leading a conversation, but you can't really be a bichote. <laughs> A bunch of conversations, <laughs> or like, so yeah. Uh, this week, just for the listener,
1: this week we had planned to do an episode with a friend of mine who uh, was going to come on, but he was feeling really sick, and I found that out maybe an hour ago, an hour and a half.
0: Yeah, ago. it was going to be <laughs> like I. My notes are lit. I will just say that when that episode does happen,
1: uh, I'm ready to go for that episode too. But be out of just respect yes. and like, I don't know if he had to rent it. Like I don't want to have him waste the thing. Yeah, no, like, I'm not.
0: We're, it was a movie review. I'm not even going to so, talk about what those notes are or anything like yeah, that. But I'm just going to say we'll, they're good.
1: We'll save it for when he comes on the show, and then we'll do a proper episode about it. But um, so this week we're just kind of doing a sort of grab bag, you know, catch up, odds and ends type episode. Um, which you know maybe it's going to suck. I don't this know. It's like maybe a fireside Daniel... chat. we're just you know every once in a while we have to do the fucking homie checkup yeah homie checkup (laughs) see how we're doing daniel i gotta know how are you doing
0: uh how am i doing like that 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 sounds like you're concerned about a specific event or something
1: no no i just mean like in general like just strip away all the bullshit it's like how are you doing just like in life right now like we're in fucking what month 12 13 14 of a pandemic
0: Uh, yeah no we're almost at month 12 we're almost at month 12 i'm i'm at a weird spot where i'm like uh in a quantum state of high and low like i Mm -hmm. am uh very motivated with my work but i'm also at the point where i am (laughs) like you've if you i don't know if you've noticed but i'm like up at all hours of the night um, I have noticed that you used to go to bed kind of early. Yeah, no. Then
1: now you're just. Now I'll see you up at like two in the morning. What the? fuck And that's is that's about? two
0: in the morning your time. I'm I'm over here right. in Puerto Rico. So it's it's s- like six in the morning. I'm finishing panels and I'll Yeesh. I'll like go to sleep. But my cat has me up like at, at most at ten a.m. So that'll be like right. four hours of sleep, and then I just get back into the grind. And I'm doing work that I like, but because I have to split uh my my hours between like a day job thankfully we're in the weekend now um yeah i get to i get to be can you talk about what your
1: day job is is that like something yeah
0: i mean it's 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 just not interesting at all (laughs) like what is it uh, because i have no idea i've never even asked i do uh graphic design work for a really small company on the island it's it's a it's a like it's a steady side paycheck i don't know which one i should consider like the side job it should be like the the, the sure. day job is a side job but like there was a, an amount of time where it was the only job so i was getting by on it um but it's 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 really basic um <laughs> uh, I I my boss she's a nice lady and she has lots of clients that want like logo designs and it's really like lifestyle brand type stuff where she just knows people who want to be entrepreneurs and she's selling this like entrepreneur life to them it's very like I have to I have to completely um uh compartmentalize my my politics like your,
1: your politics and your like views yes about
0: i the world and yes stuff. Uh, it, it it it's fine when i do that it's fine when i'm just when i just shut down and i'm like oh yeah it's a it's a it's a lifestyle logo for a woman and the logo is her name and something like something like lifestyle like like let's say let's say <laughs> it's um let's make up a name uh and a banana like it would be like and a banana lifestyles and so mm. i have to get like a nice and what is she like what, is, what
1: do those people sell they
0: sell entrepreneurship <laughs> <laughs> like like if, means, if, if, if 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 there's a good situation like let's say if it's if it's somebody who actually like makes soaps and makes things oh, okay like all of a sudden i have something to work with i'm like okay She right. like i soap logo you can make a scent or like you can make different icons out of that but if it's someone so who's it would like be like
1: if i came to you and was like daniel i'm ramon Villalobos. i have a lifestyle mm-hmm. give me a logo because i need to get this lifestyle out yeah. there and you'd have to just be like okay well what do you do and i'm just like i make a lifestyle
0: you would you would tell me i'm an outlaw and i would an i would have to be like okay outlaw ideas chains skulls I would like. No, that's not really the outlaw lifestyle that I'm
1: thinking of. Think of something else.
0: How about (laughs) how about?
1: um, That sounds like kind of a nightmare. It
0: it, it can be. It can be. And I actually appreciate my boss a lot in the sense that she's the one that deals with the clients. Like, if I was the person, if this was my full-time job, and I had to talk to these people, I would I would put a gun to my mouth. But (laughs) my boss is very enjoyable. Like, very she's she has a good work ethic. And she This sounds like sorry, go ahead. Yeah, she she just uh talk, talks to me and asks for the essential manual labor. And and so I'm I'm fine with her taking her cut of everything because I don't want to talk to those people.
1: <laughs> this sounds so much like my job that I had before I started doing comics full time. Um, which is a good segue to like we wanted to do on this the continuing story. I, but before before Bros we do that, um,
0: do you do you wanna do you want? Is there anything we should be promoting at around the uh, this minute oh my mark? God. So here's what happened
1: <laughs> <laughs> since the last episode. Which by the way, we cannot thank people enough for how all the kind words they gave about it. But last episode we had on Matt Bores from the Nib, and he was like this is a great show i love the show but you guys are just terrible at business you're terrible at marketing you're terrible about getting your shit out there he said that one thing we should be doing is promoting our patreon at the beginning of the show as well as at the end of the show i guess it makes sense because that's the only like way that we're trying to monetize this it's not like we're getting ads or anything we're we're just assuming
0: yeah people will catch it at the two hour 40 mark
1: yeah, like at two hour forty, two three hours twenty. Like maybe somebody's gonna be listening and be like, oh yeah, that was fun. Like maybe I'll no. So here's the thing: if you're listening now, we have a Patreon, Patreon.com/slash MexFlintayo. Now, what can you get on there? This, what you're listening to now, this is just the same <laughs> exact thing.
0: Yeah, we, we're we're planning on a uh, Patreon exclusive content, but for now, you'll just you'll just have to settle with three whole hours of podcast a week like we like we don't want right. to we don't want to give people like we don't want to split up this podcast and then give people less content for free and then the same content uh on the on the Patreon we want to give people this content which is the the regular pod and give people more on the Patreon right and on
1: the Patreon you know we've done stuff so far like i put up my old comics you know like pdfs and i've put up um art, like, uh, process stuff, and we're gonna, we want to start doing bonus episodes that we're only gonna be on there, and it'll, they'll be along the lines of this, where it's, we're not really talking about a specific comic, we're just kind of, like, maybe doing questions and, uh, talking about maybe some behind-the-scenes drama that has occurred, which we're gonna talk a little bit about today, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we, I'll be real, there was some drama that occurred this week. Um, but yeah, so, you know, if you can spare us a couple bucks, we're not doing tiers, We're not doing anything like that. We, but if you get, you know, one, two bucks, helpful, five bucks is incredible. Uh, you know, it, that it just goes a long way in like paying for the, um, you know, the, the hosting fees and all that kind of stuff. And eventually we're going to get Daniel a new mic. Uh, it's coming at some point. I'm sure. And maybe after that Daniel gets the, some money. The until then, the new he mic. gets nothing. Well, the new mic could be coming at any day now. We don't know yet. We have to check the finances here at
0: Flentayo Industries. Yeah, we'll we'll have to consult. We'll have to consult Matt. Uh, the Mat the, the manager, manager. manager. He's gonna
1: look at. He's gonna look at the books. He's gonna crack open the books. See where the mm-hmm. money's been going. Um, and then you know maybe if that happens, you get the new mic. But until now, not before he, he, he takes his cut. Yeah, Matt's getting his beak wet. That's the thing is, <laughs> we've at, we're actually now because we've brought in Matt as the manager. We we uh we we don't see any money anymore. Yes.
0: He the first thing he asked uh, for for was the password to the to the Patreon money.
1: Have you heard about how Britney Spears has been given um uh what is it a consigner or whatever the fuck um her dad has taken over the reins of her life and her finances? I had I had I had or been aware was? of
0: all of. That generally, I I haven't stayed uh, tuned to the. Well, like, there's a new thing
1: about it's like it's blown up because of this documentary series that New York Times did, but that's basically what's happened is Matt's taken he's the Jamie Spears of of Mex Flanthyo. <laughs> um,
0: oh, Okay, okay, this was this is like we're not gonna talk about this in the. In, in the podcast, no, I I just mean that like. The the Britney Spears. We're not talking about the Britney Spears thing right now. <laughs> I'm only asking because I, 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 I did want to give a shout-out to, like, Dave Baker, who... I
1: thought you were going to give a shout-out to Britney Spears. I, I
0: shout-out to Britney Spears, too, if she can get out of that, honestly.
1: Hey, free Britney, free Los Bros. Flindallo. I'm all about free I'm with Britney. the manager. Free us. Matt's got us under his thumb now. We have to do Patreon promos at the beginning of the fucking episode. Yeah, he,
0: this, is, this is the first of many changes. Um...
1: Yeah, there's Flintio Industries, we've got a new CEO. Yeah. We've got a new ruthless businessman at the, the head. It used to
0: be This is the story arc where in the season where somebody <laughs> does like a, an aggressive takeover and we we have no idea what we're going to do now.
1: It's funny too cuz we've been we've been accusing other podcasts of being financially ruled by like different low-grade comic companies mm-hmm. like Fantagraphics mm-hmm. and stuff. But now it turns out we are
0: just a subsidiary of the. Nib Yeah, this is (laughs) this is this is basically (laughs) a nib-affiliated podcast at this point. Um, We've had Rosa on. What
1: episode? Uh, We had Matt. Rosa was on Matt. Um, Now it's now we're the nib podcast. We're we're nib shills. Does the nib have a podcast, or are we? I think it's us.
0: I think uh, because I don't I don't read the nib. I would never look at that website. I do Um, all the time. They, they put out all the best Matt Bohr's comics.
1: <laughs> so anyways, look at our Patreon so that maybe one day we can uh, f- f- get free of Matt's oppressive rule. Yeah. Um, and go back to the old we're, fun. We're going to switch the password on um, him at some point. We ha- we're going to have to because he's, again, ruling with an iron mm-hmm. fist.
0: He's, he's checking every day. He keeps that Patreon open, uh, making sure that we can't it's got to be like a heist but yeah speaking of speaking of oppressive
1: day drops um, <laughs>
0: yeah like let, let's get so, yeah, back to what like you saying, were you were talking about uh the similarities uh,
1: yeah I, I i like when you tell me about working under as like a graphic designer a general graphic designer uh, it just like gave me flashbacks to like where we left off in the story of like how we got into comics which was i was going to community college And I was just kind of there in, in limbo, like for, for a few years, just like kind of taking graphic design courses and general ed classes. Cause my plan was, I didn't have a plan going out of high school. And as I was leaving, my teacher was like, have you ever thought about being an art teacher? And I was like, well, no, (laughs) you know, why would I? And he said that he was planning on retiring in a few years. And he would like for me to take over that job sounded kind of like a nightmare, but I was like, well, I don't have any prospects, so I might as well dedicate my life to just doing this thing. So I basically went straight from like my high school to community college thinking I'll just take the general ed classes, transfer to a state school, get my whatever classes I needed to become an art teacher. And then when he, when I was finished there, he'd be retiring. And then I could just kind of shift back to high school, which, when I say it now it sounds super depressing. Yeah. <laughs> like shout out to teachers, shout out to everybody that's doing it. But the only reason I wanted to do it was not cause I, I had a super great desire to teach or like do anything where I was like helping people. It was just cause I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. <laughs> and I thought that that just seemed like uh, the least amount of uh, like, I guess effort that it would take. Mm-hmm. It you know, like, there was, um, yeah, it was just, like, that would be, like, where life would take me, right? So, I was just taking classes for a long time in everything, in whatever. But I, I wanted to get a BA, and I wanted to get it for drawing and painting, right? Because that's what I was good at. Mm-hmm. But while I was going to community college, I was, like, I have to take some art classes. And I, because I, I want that to eventually be my major. And instead of taking, like painting, drawing classes, I ended up just taking sculpture classes over and over. Cause I like, really <laughs> you, liked did it. Did you get good? <laughs> it was really fun. I'm, well, as a sculptor, not really, but it was, it was interesting because my teacher was, uh, he was my drawing teacher and he basically said, you know, when I was in high school, all of my education was just be good at drawing. Like if you see a picture, be able to recreate it. So my interpretation of like what good art was was this is is it representational and then when i got into my sculpture classes he was like that's like he would say like okay make a sculpture of something like we're gonna do bronze or whatever i'm like okay uh i'm gonna do superman he goes okay but what's what's it saying i was like what do you mean what's it saying he's like well what's the superman gonna say i was like it's gonna say i fucking like superman (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you wanted some kind of deep like
0: what deep is, meaning man. to this bronze superman? Yeah, I was just
1: like it's superman, what else does it need to say? But he was, you know, he he really challenged me to think about what's the what's the point of doing mm-hmm. it? Which is as an artist like when I was growing up, the point was make something that looks cool, right? Yeah. That's the whole point. But then it made me really think like, well what was what like yeah, what is the point of doing this beyond just does it look cool? And, you know, and so at some point it felt like that is all that matters. Like if, if you're just going for style, that's great. But if you're trying to say something like you have to do more than that. And I think that, that really, that really made me think about how I would draw even in a different way, but like, you know, so in sculpture classes to get to your point, was I good? I would do things like make plaster pieces of toast. Like I I made a mold of a piece of toast and then I just made plaster fills Mm -hmm. of it. I did like hundreds of them. And then I spray I put them in a stack and then I spray painted Jesus on the top (laughs) of it. Like a like a you know burnt miracle Mm -hmm. thing. And then that was one of my projects. And he was he would just encourage it like you should have like two hundred toasts. Yeah that that sounds amazing. Yeah and he would but he would he would really encourage me to, like, not think of art as what, like, what the end goal is of how it looks, but, like, what it's going to make you feel. And, like, you know, I got, I got into, like, looking at modern art and, like, you know, at the same time I'm reading comic books that are, you know, Will Eisner and, like, American Splendor and, you know, more, like, Slice of Life comics, not really superhero comics anymore. Mm-hmm. So, like, the kind of comics I was reading... Were much more. Uh, they made me. They made me not want to do like Batman. Was this like Superman, your your Green indie landing. phase, like like music
0: wise? Also with comics, like I, I feel like you had you had described like when you were in a, in a previous episode when we were talking about like Image Comics or 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 either Wildcats or Spawn. You were talking about how like there was a point in time where you were just like above that. Yeah, that was that was
1: probably that era. Like I just wanted to read like Grant Morrison stuff, Alan Moore stuff. Well, you know, although he w- I always found that stuff a little dry, but I would kind of want to read it to know what it was. Grant Morrison I still feel like is the mm-hmm. best of the superhero kind of comic writers. But yeah, like all that all that shit of like the Hernandez brothers and um Adrian Tomine was like huge and all that was like hitting when I was like in listening to my friends, play music downtown. And meanwhile, like artistically it was when I started kind of discovering, Oh, like the way I should draw is not like I was chasing, I was chasing styles of what I thought would be cool. So I was trying to draw, like I was trying to draw like Jim Lee. Mm -hmm. I was trying to draw like Cliff Chang. I was trying to draw like all these different artists and it never felt natural. And then I remember while I was taking those classes, while I was um, like kind of just like in state limbo, I eventually one day just was like, I'm going to try to draw like Frank quietly and, you know, uh, Jeff Darrow and uh, Aaron Wise and like these clear, just clear line artists, mm-hmm. you know. And then I, I did it and it was like, it felt natural. Mm-hmm. It just like, it fit. It fit perfect. It didn't feel like I my mind was trying to work around like, okay, now here's the next, you know, thing that I have to figure out how to do in this. Like, that felt like this is how I should be drawing. It, it became something so then,
0: where you didn't need to, like, immediately go back to a reference to to see how it was supposed to be done. It started to become something more yours. Totally.
1: Like, it was. it felt like putting on, like, a worn-in pair of shoes, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Or, like, comfortable pair of pants. It wasn't, like... It wasn't uncomfortable. It was, it was... It was a perfect fit for the way my mind works and the way I want to see art look. So, while I was doing that, I was also working as a graphic designer slash color separator slash just freelance artist doing shit around town, doing commissions, uh like, on eBay and shit like that. And then also... Working at a motorcycle shop that was also a screen printer, <laughs> so the this is where I super relate to. So what this you're is saying. this is sort of like
0: a, a place where you had to be a a, a jack of all trades. Like, um...
1: yeah. Well, so like, but my job was was uh, my stepdad was in a motorcycle club, and the president of the club at the time, he had all the stuff for screen printing. Like that was his his mm-hmm. business. And in the back of that, they had also, like, a motorcycle club. Uh, to put this into context, this was when Sons of Anarchy was, like, the hottest show on TV. So, like, imagine... Wow, you were, you were in it. <laughs> yeah, like, and that show is set in the San Joaquin Valley where I live. So, this was every dude who was over the age of, like, 36, 37. They wanted to... They thought they were jacks. Mm-hmm. They thought they were, you know, that dude... So they were all the leather jackets had no no sleeves. It was all the leather vests. Mm -hmm. It was all Dickies and you know uh, um, Air Force Ones and like long white shirts and wraparound shades and all that kind of shit. Like my stepdad dressed exactly like those dudes on Sons of Anarchy, Mm -hmm. and um, I you know I, I never I never hung out with those dudes. I never really cared, but they would come to the house and hang out. And then one day they were just like, Oh, we need like a t-shirt design. Could you do that? And I was like, yeah, I'm sure I can. Like, cause at the time I'm learning how to do everything on my computer, like for, uh, everything, you know, just like coloring and everything. And I was like, yeah, I'm sure it can't be that hard. Like what, do you, how, what does it need to be? Just, and he explained every color has to be its own layer. And then basically we print it out on like th- these transparent sheets, burn them into things. Oh, I can do that. You know, So then I made a design for them and he was just like, oh, can you do more stuff for me? I was like, what do you mean more stuff? And he goes, well, if I have a patch from like a motorcycle club and we need to make their logo for, you know, these print, these screens, could you do that? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, it would be him just sending me sending my stepdad a patch or I would have to go down to the shop. If so, if we had somebody come in that was like, so I want to start a motorcycle club and the motorcycle club is for, you know, black women. And we want to be like, you know, cool seventies, Foxy hmm. Brown, but, um, but badass with flames behind it. Could you do something like that? And I'm just like, yeah, no problem. And it would be like, you know, somebody coming in with an idea for a patch. I would have to make it. And then, you know they just paid me by the hour basically, so it wasn't like good money at all, mm-hmm. but it was enough to like get by, like just paying bills with a super low overhead. Like, I was living at home, yeah, in like a shed in the back of my parents' house. Yeah, you were house, just making thing. money, like it was just to pay like you know minimal bills and like mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. not be a bum, basically, yeah, contribute. But I was, I was in, I was like living in the back of my parents' house where there's like they had an add on kind of thing. Like, they had a regular house, but the outside was, like, a concrete room that had no insulation. Like, the floor was concrete, but there was no insulation. And eventually, because we got dogs, they we put up, like, drywall, like an L-shape like an from, like, the side of the house and, like, these windows. So it was basically no ventilation, no... It was, uh, like, a shack? Insulation. Y- yeah. So it was just, like, a little like, fucking just, like, cave. So when it was cold, it would get so much colder in there than in the house or just sometimes outside because it felt like, you know, like, if, if it's cold, but, like, the wind kind of breezes, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't feels quite so, like, dead air. Like, uh, it, w- it would just feel colder in my room. And then also, when it would get hot, there's no airflow. So it would get super fucking hot in my room. And so... I would be working in there and then taking the bus across town cuz I didn't have a car, I didn't have a cell phone um for or like I didn't have a smartphone. I had like a I had a phone that was a $10 like flip phone uh plan for my <laughs> for my family like, plan. Like wh- you know?
0: around what year is this? That, that was a little bit more common back then, right? Like um
1: so when I first started drawing comics, that was like 2014, I oh, okay. think. Okay. So, so this no, would have yeah. been like 2012, mm-hmm. 2013, something like that. Um, Like, yeah, around that era, like it, I was all, I, you know, I didn't have a cell phone in high school and then post high school. Then I eventually got one just because uh, I live in Stockton. So if I'm t- going like downtown, my mom would just be like, no, you need a fucking phone just in case. Yeah, no. Uh, so <laughs> just you, so the, you just in case like you can't. Yeah, you, know.
0: y- you basically uh, resolved that problem with, with like, a burner. <laughs> You're w- ro- walking around I with a burner. Yeah, I
1: basically had a... Yeah, and then every time the burner would break or something, I would have to go to the phone store and be like, Yeah, I just need a cheap phone. <laughs> and they're like, well, we have... I'm like, no, 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 like, the cheapest phone you have, I d- you know, preferably if it has, like, a keypad. Yeah. You know, because I used to text yeah. on there. Um, but mostly I don't care. Like it's, I just need the cheapest fucking thing. And so, yeah, so I would basically just go across town. It would be like an hour and a half bus drive to like the industrial part of town where it's just shipping plants and like mm-hmm. <laughs> big like warehouses. And I would just go to this like motorcycle club in the middle of this, this neighborhood. And, uh, we would just get the craziest people come in. The The best story I have of it is, We had this guy come in and it was this, uh, this Mexican dude who was just real like slick, you know, like, uh, just like you could tell he was just like a slippery Mm kind of dude. And he came in and he wanted to do, uh, a t-shirt for drug cartels.
0: Is it wait, but this is the, this is the, I, I, I do remember a little bit of this story. Like you can, you can, you can elaborate though. I, I, did we tell this? This already? might have been in, 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 in the, the previous origin story episode. All right. Well, no, but, but that, that shit is hilarious. The fact that that shit got shut down very quickly like, from what you told me. <laughs> yeah.
1: If we talked about it already, then basically the story is the guy came in. He wanted to make a drug cartel <laughs> shirt, and he made uh, he made it for the wrong cartel mm-hmm. uh, like because c- he was selling them at flea markets. That was the idea. So he went to a flea market with the thing and uh the people just like they sh- they were like what the fuck is this bro they beat his up they beat him up and then
0: they took yeah that's shirts. how you end up in a in a trunk
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so anyways that's that was basically my job though it was like people would come in for ideas about like it was a lifestyle brand but the lifestyle was all the same yeah. bikers oh man that,
0: that at least that makes it a little bit easier because you're this is the this is the pitch i was selling you with the outlaw i'm like so you need some skulls do you need some chains uh, how many flames? Uh, yeah, it is. That's true. <laughs> um,
1: I got I got pretty good at drawing that kind of stuff.
0: um Yeah, I, I. It's funny. I feel like I've been doing. I've been like you. Got to like be free and leave the this world, but I kind of stayed behind with it. Like, um uh, as mean? in, I while I was in college, I I did a version of this work like I there was a there was this uh, college program called Sea grant and it was dedicated to uh, conserving and and it, educating the public about the proper use of uh, the coastal and marine ecosystems and mm. It was a really great uh, program. It was a really great group of people. And I, I I really enjoyed working there, but it was it was a thing of it wasn't what I actually like wanted to do. So I, I was I, ever since I was in college, I was splitting my time with, between like university work and this uh, C Grant program. Um, so I was doing either scientific illustrations or I was doing like posters of like events and, or I was doing, uh, informational posters or I was doing, uh, I even illustrated like some children's book about like, uh, a violinist crab. Um, and it's all like good stuff. Um, but I was also doing... Doing that, and at, at one point, like I, I basically been working there for like seven years, um, so I was doing that while I was pulling all nighters, drawing like Judge Dread and shit, um, and it, it just got to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't do both at the same time. But I still wanted to, I like, I still wanted to. Um, hold up my end of the deal. These were, like, good people. Even though I have some, like, shit experiences with some of the coworkers. um, like, it, it, it really does become this kind of sitcom situation in one of these office-type jobs where, where you will get characters. You will get people who act in a way... <laughs> act in a way that, um... Uh, just either pisses you off or or uh rubs you the wrong way. I remember this one time um like I I got the job because of a guy who wa- who was already in, had the job. He knew how to like do like digital illustration and I I didn't I didn't love his work. Like he basically he was like a photo manipulator. Um hmm. and like once I got there, I was like, dude, like I I want to do the opposite of what you're doing. I like I I I didn't want to run him out but I really wanted to show the people like over at the job what like a good job could look like but um right. he I I definitely will owe him forever for being that connection but I I I couldn't stand him and this is why um one time we were on like this really long field day where we had to go out um and go to another office to figure out how a book was going to get printed and it, it took forever so it was like end of the day I had all like this was 8 p.m. I was dead tired I had called Domino's Pizza I had made a pizza order that was gonna get to my apartment when I got to my apartment uh as I as I get there I get a call from from this guy he's like Ah, oh, Daniel, Daniel, I I need I need some help, man. I'm feeling terrible and I'm like I, I have I'm leg, I'm a good person, so I I I am legitimately concerned and I and I run out. I I I get in my car, go to where he is and and he's like by the side of the road, uh there's a police officer who has stopped him. And I'm like are are you okay? He's like, "Oh, I I, I got, like, low blood sugar. I'm all fucked up. I, I don't know what, like, the police stopped me because I was speeding, but I was I just felt really bad. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm so, oh, God. Officer, is there is there any way you can, he's clearly dying. Um, is there any way we can just get him to his house and he'll, like, everything will be okay? He's like, officer's not really having any of it. And then I get a call from Domino's. They're like, uh, we're outside. I'm like, oh, fuck. So I run out. I have to leave again. I have to go pick up my pizza, pay the Domino's guy, and drive back. And since, like, my, my friend here is in, is in low blood sugar, I'm like, friend, here, have, a, have, a slice, have two slices of pizza. Uh, of my hard-earned pizza that, I, that I'm so excited that I still haven't eaten. And he's like, thank you. Thank you, friend. And and so the officer's like, listen, I'm still gonna give him a ticket. I'm like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, Alexis, I hope the pizza oh shit, I said his name. You can bleep it out. Fuck it. He doesn't know. <laughs> he's like, um I, I tell him I hope I hope the, 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 the pizza will help you out and I leave and then when I talk to him the next day he's like, Yeah, I just wanted to get out of the ticket. <laughs> and that's that's fucking with my pizza. My, (laughs) that's, that's where I draw the fucking line. And from that moment on, I'll talk to him, but he's dead to me. Like, I'll, I'll. Right. I mean, you can't deal with people Mm. like that. They're, they're psychos. That is psycho behavior.
1: To trick. That's full Joker brain way before that, that was even the thing. Yeah, he went
0: back to his apartment and cackled like the Joker, probably.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, How much could the ticket have been? But that's,
0: that's that's this is this is what this is the real kicker. He's like, yeah, no, I went and called and reported it, and officers never really like get back to you, so they just canceled it. <laughs> and I I was literally seeing red. I I just had to like stare him straight in the face and be like, ho oh, oh, ho, what a hmm, very good very good of you, sir. Uh, and yeah, I I can't, I I don't talk to him anymore um but that's that's it's just a random story that I was thinking about once you brought up the fact that we we're like going into like origins and yeah origin. yeah mode. like during that time I was also doing the um, the the line it is drawn um oh yeah that which was uh I guess I guess this was like my first taste of internet Fame, where people were like talking about sharing my work in any kind of uh, significant, relevant way. Um, this was sort of like my in to. Uh... So, what is the line it is drawn for people? Um, for for, for young listeners, for, for for younger listeners, around 2010, um, comic book resources had a had a blog, side blog called uh, Comics Should Be Good, CSBG. Um, and it was run by Brian Cronin and, uh, and a group of people uh, who were doing, like, uh, blog posts. And so they had different, like, weekly features, and they decided to do one called The Line It Is Drawn, or, or Pitch It. And the idea was to get young artists who, who didn't have enough experience to ask for money um, to do a weekly drawing based on like a Twitter prompt uh, mm. and the the idea was to create crossovers to create like uh this was this was a, a I guess crossovers haven't ended, but this was this was when they were really like blowing up online where you or you would get like uh what's what's some classic crossovers do you remember any like
1: I, got, I did a couple, but not for that thing. Um, but back in the day, that was yes, Tumblr era for yes. sure. That was Ramon Hustle era on Tumblr, which was, again, mixed in with this, like, the era that I was telling you about when I was in college, and I was just like, I want to just do this shit, but I don't... Yeah, it was like
0: a comic book covers, I, but with different characters, like classic covers.
1: Yeah. So my classic, my classic one that I made a bunch of money on, because I would sell prints of it, was uh, I did... Moonrise Kingdom, uh-huh, like the uh-huh. Wes
0: Anderson movie, but
1: with Robin and Batgirl. Oh,
0: that—that's that is—that is, that that is a money maker.
1: It was huge at the time, and now I don't know if people would even recognize. But at the time, it was like this is a mm-hmm. banger. I remember my friend Dennis and I—we would just talk about like which of these puns or which one of these crossovers would be like guaranteed money hits at conventions, and uh, the his big one was. Uh, there was a MIA song called Bad mm-hmm. Girls where it's like live fast, die hard, bat, bad girls do it well. He made it Bat Girls oh. and he had like in the video, she's like riding a car that's on like two wheels mm-hmm. on the side and she's like sitting at the top. So he just did that with Bat Girl in a Batmobile. Money. That was guaranteed money yes. in that, yes. that era. And we'll still talk about ones where we're just like, bro, could you imagine the money left on the table right now of a, of a. Crossover with like, you know, I can't I can't think of any right now. But like I I, I did things like like a stupid uh, pun or like a thing where like two popular things yeah, it just mix them and, up. And here that... you go, he actually his job he would he was working for Movie Phone and he would have these gigs where they give him some money and it would be like just do all the Avengers but as like the Nick tune. so like SpongeBob is mm-hmm. Thor. You know, Doug is fucking Spider Man or yeah, whatever I did, it was. I did you know? like the and, Sergeant
0: Pepper cover. Like the Sergeant Pepper cover is one that you right. can just chalk like load it up. Load it up with anything you want. And it'll be a hit.
1: These were all these were all if you were at shows in two thousand nine, two 2010, 2011, money. I'm I'm gonna absolutely I'm gonna manners. drop some
0: I'm gonna drop some on the on, on the DM if you wanna if you wanna see them. Uh, like, like this one is like, uh, Ziggy Stardust, uh, Martian Manhunter, like Manhunter from Mars. Yeah. Um, that, that kind of thing, uh, was, that kind of thing was, 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 uh, an instant, uh, attention grabber. Like, I, I got a lot of my um, initial Tumblr clout. Like, it, it's been weird because I built up followings, and after, like, a year of doing this kind of thing, I or two years, I was just burnt out, and I uh, I, did not want to draw a superhero ever. Like, um, <laughs> it, it's sort of that, like what you were describing with uh, when you wanted to like phase out of what you were doing. Um, yeah, that was I guess my 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 equivalent, and
1: yeah, I see one that somebody did the prompt was Magneto versus the ah uh, yeah, and you yeah. did it with it's... Magneto like crushing them, and he says so resistance is futile. Now is it yeah, and it's just a little fringe.
0: That's the thing is like these they are all they they cringe. all age really bad. Like I did the
1: not my not my Moonrise Kingdom one by the way. That one's still kind of a banger. That one's still kind of
0: hot. It, it it it's like a I don't know some kind of like chart based on <laughs> on how uh, obscure something is versus how uh, like it, it's hard not to make it cringe
1: here. Here's it's... here's my thing because I hated that mm-hmm. shit back then. Not you specifically, just just the <laughs> Daniel. I'm not taking a shit on you. No, here, no, I personally. know, I know. But at the time, I was I hated that shit because I just felt like it wasn't about the artistry of making the drawing. It was always about chasing that clout. Yes, you know what I mean. A lot of clout chasers. So I like I don't, don't get me wrong. I was chasing clout, baby. I wanted it, but. I refused to like do it in a way where my art looked like less than other people's. Like I was going to do it, but it was going to be so well drawn that you would think I got paid for it. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt. You know what I mean? I was never going to like do it really quick just to rush it out for like the fucking Tumblr reblogs and uh, really fast. Like I realized People don't actually care about that. They just want
0: to see yes. the two things combined. They, like, that's the thing. The, the sharing of it, the, the reactions, the liking has absolutely nothing to do with you or your style or anything yeah. about you. It's They're just relating to these characters in, an, in a unique setting. And you could die tomorrow and it would not matter to the people uh, re- reblogging it.
1: What really, though, the thing that I, I, I think you're generally right, but the thing that really got me like uh, that got me attention, mm-hmm. though, was I, I, I found the trick at early on, which was nobody else there was a lot of wrestling fans, but nobody else was doing wrestling drawings. So I would just mix things with wrestling, because, you know, I loved wrestling. So I would just mix, you know, certain wrestlers like you know Daniel Bryan and Kane instead of the Batman and Robin cover because they were a tag team. Or I would do, you know, uh, Donkey Kong fighting Mario, but they're wrestlers, <laughs> so they're wearing like you know wrestling gear. The the one that got the re that got put on like the little Tumblr spotlight, uh, it like blew up. Did I remember getting that Tumblr spotlight spot. My friend. Oh, I got it, and I, I wanted it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't expect it, but I did one of Orion fighting Kalabak, and they're both dressed in, like, you know, 1970s wrestling gear. um, And, like, you know, Orion's mask was, like, a luchador mask, and he was doing – I can't remember which hold it was, but I wanted to do a whole series called The Man of a Thousand Holds where it was just pun wrestling holds. Like, so – uh, the Donkey Kong of Mario, he was doing the Gorilla Clutch. I did a, you know, Scorpion fighting Kano from Mortal Kombat and he had him in a Scorpion mm-hmm. Deathlock. Things like this, right? So, uh, oh, Daenerys from Game of Thrones with one of the dudes, like the slaver guys, and it was the dragon sleeper. So I want to do, like, a book called The Man of a Thousand Holds, because this was, again, before I thought I was going to make comics professionally. This was, like, I had was doing little little comics on the side with my friends. We would staple them together, like, real, like, you know, real indie comics kind of shit. And then I was, you know, about to do, like, single, like, one single book, and then I was, you know, like, a, in a year, it would take me. But I was I was doing these little drawings, and I remember the day when I got on that Tumblr spotlight, doing that Kalabock and, and Orion, and I was at my friend's... Uh I was at my friend's like uh they were having a show down, downtown and I just remember like my phone was like going blown nuts up.
0: this was this was like a yeah, uh, like, post burner phone
1: I just remember it like buzzed because it was on like Twitter or something and somebody was like oh shit you know it's he it got the Tumblr spotlight and I was like oh fuck yeah. I just wanted to go home so bad <laughs> so that I could look yeah, at just my keep computer refreshing
0: all those all those like likes and reblogs
1: I wanted to see it so bad, but I was I was out, so I couldn't see it, because like I said, I had like a fucking shitty mm-hmm. old phone. So I was just like dying, like, God, I got to get home, I got to see what these reblogs look like. Um, but yeah, oh, you know what, I, I had an iPod Touch too, oh, so I think yeah. I may have been trying to connect to Wi-Fi with that, so that I could check it when I was out. That's def- That was definitely what um. it was.
0: Yeah, Fine. the iPod Touch, That's... which was basically Anyways. like the 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 closest thing to to the to the phone. Um,
1: yeah, it's like you had an iPhone, but you didn't, you couldn't call people, but you didn't have to pay for service yeah. for it. So I could just connect to, I could connect to Wi-Fi and like you know. Yeah, look they need at my to bring Tumblr that back.
0: Or... I don't want to get phone calls. Oh shit! For real? Yeah. No, it's just like I, I, I guess people do need phones, but i'm just saying um <laughs> you're just not yeah, gonna to talk to them just text me like we got if i if i'm in the wi-fi if i'm in my apartment at all times i'm reachable just write to me not from like a phone um but yeah the 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 clout chasing yeah, is such I, a the, what when you're when you're an
1: artist that isn't mm-hmm. known doing that kind of stuff it feels so important and so, like, I understand why artists do it now.
0: I I understand what you mean in the sense that even while I was drawing it, I was I was trying to make it like obscure or weird, or I was, I was always trying to make it a little bit sort of like sort of, sort of like I do with, with like uh, Flintayo in general, where uh, there will be like the prompt, and I'll be like, how can I fuck this up, like, how can I make this, um, dirtier dirtier than they intended like i'll make i would make a joke about how weird the prompt is or like if i was redoing like a silver age cover i would throw in a lot of like uh swear words or like uh like things like i i there was this one that was like the prompt was uh black canary instead of marilyn monroe singing to jfk and so in the drawing, uh, I wish I could upload. For some reason, I, I like I, I'm not being able to like uh, throw images o- onto the onto the DM right now, so I can show you. But she's singing like "Happy Birthday, Mr. President," and I have I have JFK like sort of like face palming and saying, "Oh God, somebody shoot me now." Um, <laughs> and and that's the, that's that's the kind of thing where that wasn't in the prompt, and it probably made someone angry. <laughs> But that's that's how I I I I refuse to. It was like clout chasing, but only for people who like hated clout. Um, <laughs> which yeah, I I also
1: was on regularly. The best art ever this week, which really helped.
0: Yeah, blessed like, blessed Comics Alliance that, feature.
1: Like I I I feel a little hypocritical being bitter about young artists who I think are doing things where I'm just like, oh, that's corny. Like, why are you doing that? But at the same time, like, fuck, just do it, you know? Yeah, that's the, the hustle. The one the one thing I would say, though, is, like, what I, what I found out was when you start to draw comics, the storytelling part is so key to being an actual good comic artist. And all that stuff that you did to get to that point, to get noticed, it doesn't matter if you can't tell a story. Oh, it and, worked. And that's the thing that I think I wonder when I see new artists or I'll see like a person who's like, oh, my first book at like, you know, my first story and like this anthology or this, you know, thing like Marvel or DC, I just look at it and I'm like, oh, this person can't do it. Like they didn't, mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't come up the way I did. They didn't figure it out by like looking at, at comics the way I did, or like talk to the people that I did who were like giving me good critiques about how to make this stuff better. They're people who successfully chased the clout, got the, got the attention, got the, got the next level. But now that they're there, I, I just look at them and think, oh, you're now stranded in the middle of an ocean. Yeah. Like you don't know what you're doing. Yes. And I get it a little bit. Cause like I said, I was that person. Like, so my, when I, I kind of blew up online the first time. The first time where I remember fully being like, oh, people know who I am a little bit was I did a thing that we talk about how I did like all the new 52 costumes and. Uh, yeah, you Bleeding did. Cool you did mention that. So that next day um, I woke up and again, like my phone was like, I had like five messages from like my buddy who was like, oh my God, I can't believe this. You're on the front of Bleeding Cool. And I was like, oh no, what did I
0: do? Like friends, <laughs> friends who would see. Um, like, uh, a, a drawing pop-off, like, I, I'm finally, like, actually sending you some of these images, um, but friends who would see the drawings pop-off would swear that you're famous. Like, they, they'd be like, holy shit, you're famous, man. I'm like, um, I'm still sitting right next to you in the university. I'm, like, I'm, I'm still broke. This this doesn't <laughs> translate to anything other than uh, uh, people are sharing, like, a, a Klimt homage that I did with Superman. Um, or like I did, for example, uh, Burton Ernie as, as, uh, Apollo at Midnighter. Yeah. Um, and that's the kind of thing where, um, it, it, it is a kind of, uh, fame quote unquote in the sense that something you do is, is, is doing the rounds. But I, I, I I wasn't, um, it wasn't me being famous. It was just the, the, the image. (laughs)
1: right right um yeah we that that superman one you sent is really nice it's like a art deco thing
0: yeah the 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 klimt homage which a a lot of people have done and i recently saw one that was just like a, a wandavision klimt uh-huh. And I'm I'm very much, uh, uh, that one felt like a worthy successor. But this Superman one <laughs> was like the one that blew up the most probably. And again, that's like I see it and I'm like that is not in any way uh, famous because of me. It is yeah. the love that everyone has towards Klimt and that piece, the kiss. Right. Everything that I drew up to that point, I was very deliberate of
1: like like I would never do that. You know, I think that's cool, but I would never draw or like the the one with the, the Sesame Street characters. I would never draw it in that style. I would draw it the way I would draw it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I remember one time I did one because Adventure Time was huge in that era. So I did, I did Adventure Time drawing just so I could go to a con and have an Adventure Time drawing and sell a bunch of them. But I didn't watch it. And I just wanted to draw it (laughs) as if I drew it, you know, Uh I didn't want to draw it. Like I refused to use those, those like character designs. It was just like a kid in the hat with the, with the clothes and like his little dog. And that was it. And so you, you drew like an
0: actual dog as opposed to the, the, the sort of like bean just in in my
1: style and the way I, the way I was like kind of cultivating what I did so that when the companies were like. We want to hire you to draw this story or like, you know, when um, eventually Kurt Pierce or whoever, when they asked me if I wanted to do that, um, I was like, yeah. And they knew what they were going to get. Mm -hmm. And because I had spent, you know, years just fucking around doing little ash cans, I knew how to tell the story at that point. Now, I didn't know how to do it in an expedient way, and I still don't. But... (laughs) No, you're, uh, you're
0: clearly you're clearly much more capable. And to what you were saying before, um, there is definitely a, a. It's not a generation, but like there w- is definitely a group of people who came up just off of these, and you can tell.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, our buddy, our buddy Gleb, big Gleb. I, I've I've managed to get him to stop sharing bile publicly, but he still sends it to <laughs> me on the side. <laughs> And he posted a he posted a, a panel from a or a page from a thing and he's just like this is so bad this storytelling is awful and I'm like yeah it's terrible it looks like mm-hmm. all it looks exactly like what it what it probably is which is the person's first book yes it looks like they don't know how to tell a story and they're just they made like eight mistakes on the the same page and you could just like point them out one by one by one and like I'm not saying I'm a great storyteller by any means mm-hmm. but. One of the things that, like, I really took to heart was I had a friend uh, who was at the Kubert School, uh, my buddy Craig Cermak, and I showed him a page, and he just ripped it apart. And it's because I was doing things like, you know, going out, uh, like, breaking panel borders and, you know, drawing out, drawing, like, circular panels and doing all this shit that I didn't need to do to tell the story that was, you know, clear in the script and I was just like, oh, just I got to make this easier. Like, I got to make this clear to read. And so after that, I dedicated myself to just being like, okay, no broken panels, no, you know, uh, no circular panels, no inset panels, everything that I draw, it should look like it could fit on a grid. Like if it was the 1920s, The you know, like it, it should be able to be readable in any era of comics. And that's like legit was my mentality like i joke about being old school or whatever but i legit felt like for the longest time until i was able to be so confident that you could read a story of mine without looking at the words Mm -hmm. that i didn't deserve to do the tricks of like the splashy like image comics tricks
0: i think that's that's what's so magical about uh the work that you're putting out now the things that i've that i've been seeing it's like, like, I
1: feel like now I don't give a shit. Like now I've, I got it now. Yeah. You, know? you can, you can That's actually
0: employ that bag of tricks and knowing what you're doing, which is the yeah, difference. Yeah.
1: It's, I mean, it really is just like they say, you got to know the rules before you can break them. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you can't move the camera across the page uh, or move the eye across the page, move the camera, be like really confident in all that stuff and tell the story. And like I said, you could tell the story and it's so clear that you don't need to read the words to know what's happening. Then you don't need to do all the other shit first. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so like when I get a script, I'll look at it, I'll read it. I'm like, okay, good. And then when I'm, when I'm doing my layouts and I'm working on it, I will just, you know, uh, tell it as if I didn't read all that, just knowing what has to happen from panel to panel. And, um, it's, it's, it, that's partially why, you know, I said from that era when I was looking at indie comics, like, uh, Jaime Hernandez, I could, re- I could read those comics without reading them. You know, mm-hmm. his storytelling is so clear. Frank quietly sto- storytelling is so clear that that's, that's real storytelling to me. It's not about how you draw it. It's about the way it reads like that. And that's, that's something that I, again, like, I don't want to like you, I don't want to trash young cartoonists or whatever whatever but you could tell and you could tell some older ones too <laughs> like yeah you know there's some obvious ones that we've talked about I think on this show where it's like yeah this storytelling is bad and that's what we mean by that is if you can't read a comic without having to follow the dialogue then that that's not a very well-made comic
0: yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of like flashy tricks that you can do to make an image pop enough to say um, get retweets. Um, there's, there's things you can draw that will lead you to uh, growing a Twitter clout. But if you are tasked to draw a whole 20-page comic book where you're drawing like five, six panels per page and it's like a whole bunch of different angles, you're drawing vehicles, you're drawing backgrounds, uh, those tricks stop working. You, you can see uh, every single, like, failing or fault if you're drawing, especially if you're drawing someone else's script. Like, if you're drawing a comic yeah. for yourself, you can, like, tailor it completely to those limitations that you might have. But if, if, if you get a job, say, at, like, Marvel or DC off some Twitter clout, you will you will be drawing a professional script with this with all these limitations that you've been hiding in your, in your like uh, viral social media content.
1: And I, and I feel like on some level I I fully got that. I think that's totally on point because I could not draw backgrounds. Like it, they never felt good to me. Now I'm getting a little better at it. You know, it's still not where I'd like to be. Like I'm, I feel like I'm always growing, but and it, like some of my early comics, I felt like, man, these backgrounds suck. And, you know, it was like a little bit of like, I got exposed. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah. I, th- um, I, I think, I think it's inevitable. And especially like you got, you got uh, like tossed into the limelight, a li- like very early in, in terms of well, like you went, you went from, from some, uh, uh, good. Like, I feel like your style was strong enough where, uh, even like when you got put on that uh, spotlight, when you got those like Marvel gigs, um, yeah, you you were able to hold your own in that situation.
1: Yeah, uh, like I don't think the work was the worst, but I feel like looking at it, I felt like the strongest parts were the things that I did hone through doing like just hundreds of single character drawings on. Yeah, Tumblr your figure work w- is with no is background dominates. Yeah. And that's, that's good. Cause most stories are about people. That's what I usually, yeah. Think. And I think, and <laughs> like, I think that if that you background work, people, you you can fudge the rest or, you know, whatever. But mm-hmm. if stories are about people generally.
0: Yeah. That background work that you think was flawed or that you can see you could improve. Like it's what I tell, like, uh, Gleb or if we're talking to Artyom or something, it's literally something that only you will notice. Right. Anyone else who looks at those pages will think that it's amazing, that it's sick, that everything looks great. But you, personally, the artist, will know all the different ways that you messed up.
1: Yeah, my buddy uh, my buddy Ibrahim Mustafa, uh, by count 316, um, he actually had a tweet I saw today that was like along the lines of the reason why so many people have like, uh, what is this shit called? Uh, Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Thank you. The reason why so many people have that is because they grow up thinking that they're the shit, they're the best artists, because they usually are, right? But then once you get good enough to realize how bad you are, that's when you're sort of like you're seeing only the flaw, flaws, but you're still better than everybody else that thought, you know, that yes. thought you were the shit like the day before. So. I, it, I feel it like was a, it was a it was an astute observation. That's that like, is true. That is true. That's the I, whole reason it exists. It's just it just you know, and I've known that for so long. It's just like you feeling like you suck is just you getting better.
0: I think I think imposter syndrome is is something that does happen to people who are like actually dedicated or 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 devoted to a vocation and. I I I I wish more people had imposter syndrome, if you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> like some of the most confident people uh, are are some of the people who like least know what they're doing. Um, yeah. But, yeah, uh, the 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 imposter syndrome syndrome kicks in once you read a a a a full script. Uh, like the first time I I got like a sample script when I started doing like the. The Comic Con rounds. Um, so yeah. So wait a minute. After the line is drawn,
1: after that happens, how do? You, what's your first book that you do?
0: That you well, paid for? Ah, uh, the thing is, <clears throat> I took my I took my personal comic book work very seriously. Sure. Um, I had a a personal series called Mecharain that I was that I was working on. Um, I I I had done it in like my notebooks in high school. Oh, we've heard, we've seen, and him. yeah, no, I, I, I showed, I showed y'all a little bit of a preview. Um, we but, should, uh,
1: we should put those up on the Patreon, by the way.
0: Yeah, those, those actually would be, would be good pages, That's and a good the Patreon actual post, the actual Mechane comic uh, isn't that bad for like a black and white comic made by like a college student. The thing is, like, after drawing these notebook uh, comics in high school, I got to college and I was like, I can't sell <laughs> my notebooks. I can't like scan them and sell them um especially like if the first chapter is not as good as what i'm drawing in these later pages which i thought were amazing but it was just like me fresh out of high school um so i had to make the decision that i was going to like redraw and and clean up and and redo the story and take it seriously um and which is, I guess, the difference between a lot of these people who um, immediately began drawing uh, bigger comics is that I was already drawing, like... E- even if it was just, like, an issue per semester, I was still getting more comic book experience out while I was doing, like, these... The line that is drawn stuff. Yeah. So... Uh, but
1: what was your first paid work, though?
0: My first paid work I feel like was... getting the
1: first paid work is... Like you said, you're not tailoring it to what your strengths are. Yeah, like what
0: was... it was it was for a local company called Razorblade Apple Comics. Okay, <laughs> you can you, you can maybe uh, Google it to find uh, any of those comics. But it was it was a, a comic book writer named Angel Fuentes, who's a decent guy. Um, after I had done, like, the my first New York Comic Con, I went to a Puerto Rico. Like, I did it in verse. I went to a New York Comic Con, and then I went to a Puerto Rico Comic Con. Um, because co- this was when Comic Cons were finally sort of, like, growing in popularity. When and was that? This was, I want to say, 2008, 2009. That's funny. My first con was 2009. In, in it it feels like a very specific era, you know um, oh yeah so uh I I went to the con and I saw this like the most professional uh local comics studio I saw there because there was a, there was a couple of others and I don't mean to trash other like local indie superhero stuff but they were it's like... The like what we were talking about, like the people who just grew up on Spawn and Jim Lee and immediately wanted to do Spawn and Jim Lee comics.
1: Oh bro, if you go to any con that is like in in America in a Scottish Rights Center, mm-hmm. you'll know I know exactly the kind of comics you talk about. So they're it's those comics. Like, they're always
0: called like Villainy Incorporated or some <laughs> shit like that. It's like that, <laughs> except they're also set in Puerto Rico. Right. Like, it, like there's a locality to it that I really enjoy. It's very, like, artisanal in a way. Like, when you're seeing someone doing something without a real understanding of the craft, but they're making something genuine. Yeah. Um, but Razorblade Apple wasn't like that in the sense that they had... Uh, they were employing what I consider to be, like, the best artists on the island so far. Like, the people who were working there... Um, all still have really interesting careers right now. Um, sure. And I well, except I, for you, except for me, I'm I'm definitely like struggling. Uh, they're doing <laughs> great though. Um. So I I I showed them a little bit of my work, and I it, it's this kind of thing where I'm, so I'm that going, was at the con you went there with yeah, like the, samples the, the Puerto Rico Comic Con I I. I I didn't even need to have samples because I was like showing off like full issues of MechaRaine.
1: Right, that's what I mean. But like yeah. samples is MechaRaine.
0: Um and and the, again, that was sort of like a little bit of an advantage that I had over people who were just like making pretend samples. Like I didn't get the point right. of making pretend comics when you could That's
1: I've always felt that. I don't understand sample pages when
0: if you just have a book, then mm-hmm. you can show people the book and they're like, "Oh, okay, this is what you do." Exactly. And I, I oscillated because I also tried to do the sample thing, uh, if, like if we're talking about like these Comic Con days, like I tried to do the samples where I was trying to like bite off McNeven or like, uh, however, uh, the popular comics looked, I tried to do that rendering thing. Um, and it always felt fake to me. Every single one of those samples feels way more fake than the the work I was doing in my personal work. Mm. Um, so I I did have some copies of that personal work and I showed them around and Angel uh, like I could just as I could tell that most of the artists in that artist alley were doing that like uh, um artisanal uh, I don't I don't want to say primitive obviously, but they're doing that sort of like basic style of uh, image um rehash. He could tell that I was I wasn't doing that, and right. he immediately offered me some some like short story work, um, eight pages. Getting eight pages, even though I was getting paid like basically like thirty bucks a page, still felt amazing. Felt yeah. incredible. Um, oh, I bet. And so I did like two stories with him. One was like he had uh, he had this uh, the the razor blade apple universe, uh, which is good or bad. Um, he really believed in it, but it was very like all over the place. It was like zombie cowboys. And it's funny while I've been drawing Holy West for, for Seth, I've been like recalling that first sort of like Western comic I did for Razorblade apple. Uh, it's called gun breed. Um, and so I did two jobs, two jobs with him. Um, he like many c- local creators was balancing his life and his like day job work so it, it it's it wasn't a self-sustaining studio that could continue production but he he was connected to the guy who was organizing the Puerto Rico Comic-Cons so he was hmm. a little bit higher up connected and i got to i got to go to like I think it was like the twenty ten or twenty eleven New York Comic Con, I got to go and table with them. Mm. So I I I got a cup like it's not like they paid for my ticket, but I being at a table is, is, is a is a very different environment than having to like stalk artist alley. <laughs> I mean to stalk <laughs> artist alley and get feedback from artists I really admire. Um it, it 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 is nice to like sit at a table and like approach. Uh, a, a little differently.
1: Yeah, I, so, I my first work was, like I said, we were doing, um, I I got, the like the day I woke up after I was on the front page of Bleeding Cool,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: I just had an inbox full of people that are asking if I wanted to work on something. Or if I wanted to do commissions and cause the bleeding cool thing was like, uh, he doesn't really say if he has a book cut out or anything, but you know, hit him up to give him work or maybe get a commission or something, which I was like, thanks. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, I was like, hell yeah, there was, it wasn't just like, here's this guy who nobody knows about. It was like, here he is and uh, go give him money, which was very cool of rich to post there. Yeah, but, uh, but... Rich Johnston. Rich Johnston. Did I ever tell you how I met him at a con once? No, I met him at San Diego, and it it was like he was chilling at at a at the sky at the not sky at a the Image Comics like party. They there's like a rooftop party at, at San Diego every year. It was my first Comic Con, and I went there. Um, but I always said I would never go to Comic Con unless I was a pro. So I I went. You have integrity. I, I was I went as a pro. And, uh, I saw him at this party and I could tell it was him. Cause like, I know what his face looked like from just like the internet, but also we had like a bleeding cool shirt on. And I was like, <laughs> just can you case. imagine, <laughs> you know, if there was a dude who like, like looked exactly like rich and then didn't have that shirt on. Oh, like, that'd be crazy. So I was like, that's gotta be him. I'm like, excuse me. Are you rich Johnson? He goes, yeah. Like, Hey, I just want to say I'm Ramon Villalobos. And like, I never, uh, I, I told him, uh, you know, you made a blog post about my art once and it, like, really helped me out. Like, kind of, like, gave me a career. And he goes, oh, thanks. He's like, you should tell more people about that. <laughs> and he walked away from me.
0: Yeah, like, like, I was he, like he doesn't what the seem fuck? to have
1: that much goodwill. I was like, all right, man, cool. <laughs> so, so uh, anyways, the next day I woke up and one of the people in my inbox was uh, Kurt Pierce, who was, <laughs> a, was, like, a young comics writer and like so fucking hungry to like make shit. So he sent me a script. He's like, Hey, do you want to work on this comic with me? And I was just like, no, you know, no thanks. Cause like I said, I I didn't think I was going to be a comics artist. So like accepting any work, it would have to be something where I really felt like, okay, you know, so commitment. Yeah. I mean, I was like, I I had, I was working. I, you know, I was doing shit with my life other than comic stuff. So I was like, nah, I'm good. And then he was, so he sent me another script and I read it and I was like, no, nah, I don't really want to draw this thing. Sorry, man. Like I, you know, no. he's like, well, Hey, I have like five other scripts. If any of these are, are sound good to you, let me know. And he sent me one called LP. That was about like a rock star who like r- runs afoul of like a, a Yakuza. And like, he has this record that is like a alien artifact that, morphs and kills people and i was like well that sounds kind of sick and i'm like hey like this is just one issue of a thing but i'd be down to do this and he goes oh well i already have an artist working on that but don't worry i'll, I'll let him know that kill you're him. on it now <laughs> i was like oh you don't have to do that he goes no it's fine it's fine He's dead. like he, it's He's fine dead so then he he like said all right you're on the book now I was like, fuck. All right, man. Like, and he was just paying me out of pocket, like 80 bucks a page. And I was like, this is great. And it was 80 bucks a page for pencils, inks, and colors. And I also did the cover. And I also did all the design stuff for it. Just like, cause you know, the only person that like, the only thing that I didn't touch was the lettering. Um, But everything else I was like, let's just do this and we'll make it fucking rad, you know? And I did that one book. And I remember, like, he was such a hustler of, like, wanting to get shit out that more, like, so many people read that that were just, like, online. Like, he did just did a very good job of promoting himself. And I had done a book with my buddy Craig that I think, like, I wrote it, he drew it, and I colored it. And I thought it looked incredible. I thought it was a great book. I thought it looked better than my LP book that I, you know, wrote and colored, because I think Craig... You know, especially at the time, I thought he was so much better of an artist than me. But you know, um, and I still think he's super, super talented. Um, I don't know if I would say better than me,
0: but <laughs> you can't, you can't give that title up.
1: Well, no, at the time though, he was like leagues better than me. And I remember just thinking like, oh, it's all about the promotion, you know? It's all yeah. about that because I'm looking at this book that me and Craig did, and it looks sick, you know? And the only difference is that that. Kurt just knew how to put himself out there be outwardly you know some people like,
0: have that instinct naturally and I'm jealous of all of them like I, it, I didn't have it naturally it, I had to like it, it reminds me of the the like uh like when we were talking with Matt that like that bilingual thing like people who speak business yeah I well, it, it, it is it is a, an incredible talent
1: Yeah, I didn't have that at all, man. I, like, when we would go to cons, like, me and my other friends, I would have my head down and I wouldn't say a word to people. It was just, slowly over time, I was, became more and more comfortable just kind of, like, doing, like, things out, out, like, uh, you know, being sort of outgoing and shit. Yeah, approaching people sort of
0: out of the blue, sometimes you have to.
1: Yeah, well, like, yeah, you, no one's gonna give it to you unless you go get it yourself, you know? In... With, with like with this podcast you know like we could have easily just n- kept not doing it <laughs> you know and like nobody sometimes asking us, people to come on like, it it's a little nerve wracking because it's like oh a lot of these people think we're fucking assholes or like they think our podcast isn't very big or whatever but at the same time it's like well what what do we have to lose it was between this, this
0: and, and therapy and we can't afford therapy <laughs> so so yeah. so yeah
1: that was my first book LP it was like it was real sort of uh, the storytelling and every all the stuff was very like artsy, you know. It was very like we don't we don't want it to look like other comics. We're we're here to say like fuck other comics, and um, it was like done that way on purpose because me and me and Kurt, me and Kurt had a big chip on our shoulder.
0: It, it it's like it's like comics when you're a fan of Grant Morrison.
1: It, yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Like you you really you really want to blow people's minds. You 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 want to give them something they've never seen before. Did you ever read LP? No. Yeah, I
1: could send you the PDF. I think yes. I I should talk to Kurt about putting it on the Patreon or whatever, if but If you
0: if you send me like a PDF, I'll read it, but like um there was there was a period of time like during college where I I didn't really have access to, like, a comic shop to put in orders or, or Oh, that kind this of thing.
1: book was, like, it was hard to get because Kurt's, Kurt, like, so we made the book mm-hmm. and Kurt was like, okay, here's how I'm going to do it. Like, a shop can order it, but only if they get 20 copies. <laughs> yeah. Um, because that do, was do, the do only way to, for him to justify shipping it from Canada. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of stores got it, and there was one in like Merced that got it. So, you know, I went down there and did a, like a little signing, and it was like neat, you know. But mm-hmm. it was like, you know, it wasn't a thing. But that was my
0: first book. And doing your first signing is a is a is a is a very interesting experience. Like, oh god, if you want to go on about that a little bit more?
1: No, totally. We should. Um, my first signings were not for those; were for the ash cans. Now, like, that was even another level of like. God, they do not give a fuck to talk to you. Like, they're just like, I'm trying to get Iron Man number 18. Like, what are you talking about?
0: Yeah. Was that at a comic
1: book shop? uh, Oh, yeah, always. Or there were even some that we did at street fairs, which were even more just like... Even more less caring about you. Soul-crushingly, like, what am I doing here? Why don't I just go home? Yeah. But, yeah, when we would do them at comic shops, it was always funny. Like, it was... uh, you would always have like a solid handful of people that would support it, and then you had just everybody else who was just there for their weekly books. And it's it's yeah, it's kind of like
0: I think I think in 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 these kinds of signings, uh, like they're almost just networking events to uh, talk to other creators. Like I remember um, for these Razorblade Apple Comics, they 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 brought me up to do a a signing at a at a comic book shop in Aria metro which is what um people from the island quote unquote call san juan you know how like uh san juan refers to the island well Mm -hmm. the island refers to san juan as like the metro area um and so there was a comic book shop over there because uh angel the, the writer that hired me for these these books like was like Aria metro based um, and that's where I met like Tom Bieland, who uh, this was like a, a big moment for me in the sense that I was meeting somebody who was like working with Marvel Comics like, like he's the guy who eventually did the uh, uh, Spider-Man Human Torch Isla de la Muerte comics based in Puerto Rico drawn by Juan Doe. Mm-hmm. Um. And that was like another one of these instances where, like, yeah, sure, like nobody gave a shit about the comic I was drawing. Nobody really cared about the story, it, it, or or my art particularly. But when I would show Tom Beeland my work, he'd be like, "Oh, yeah, no, this is this is legit. This can." That was the first pro that was like, "Holy shit, this is." Cool. Um. It, it's it's not it's not like the first pro, but it like. Whenever you're going through that imposter syndrome shit, mm-hmm. um, hearing somebody who is actively working in the industry tell you that like this is viable, what you're doing is viable, is incredibly um, motivational. The
1: craziest one for me was like really early on. Like I said, I did that signing in in Merced, which is like two hours south of here. Uh, it was like a, it's a pretty cool shop, Red Sky, and. Um, before he had moved to Las Vegas, J. H. Williams the third, he oh, lived okay. in Merced. So I went down there to promote StocktonCon, which was a convention that's like local to uh, you know, Stockton. And it was our first year and I went down there and I had the book that I made with my buddy Craig. It's called Vitruvian Underground. That is on our Patreon by the way. And I went I went down there and I I gave him the poster and he like the poster that I drew for the convention he goes, oh, this is great. Uh, who, uh, who drew this? And I was like, oh, I did. And I was with the guy who was, like, promoting it. Uh, we, like, drove down. We used to go to every comic shop within, like, a two-hour radius of where we live to, like, literally everyone mm-hmm. to get these posters up to let people know that we were doing a convention. So he was like, oh, this is great. Who did this? And I was like, oh, I did. He goes, wait a minute. He, like, saw He's like, are you Ramon Villalobos? And I was like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he goes, "Oh, I love your stuff. I see it on like, you know, fucking Tumblr and, you know, c- Comics Alliance and shit." Yeah, getting recognized like, oh.
0: by by your your signature or your art name by J.H. Williams III?
1: Oh, no, that wasn't him. That was the shop owner. Oh,
0: okay, okay, okay.
1: Sorry, sorry. So that was the shop owner and the shop owner was like, uh, it was my boy Mike. He he was like, "Oh, this is great. Um, do you uh do you have any comics to sell?" Like, i was like what do you mean he's like to us like the shop will carry your comics and i was like uh well i'm working on one is lp but no i don't have any com- well i was like i have one that i wrote and that i colored he goes oh do you have it with you that's so why i showed up to him this is great can i buy some and i was like um i guess so i like you know luckily <laughs> like, had like they're begging you three for, copies for, with
0: for me comics what's that they're begging you for
1: comics he was like, we would love to carry your stuff at the shop, and I was like, oh okay. So I, you know, I had three copies with me. He's like, I'll buy all three of them, and I was like, oh fuck, awesome. So then like, he put them out on the shelf, and then that day afterwards, JH uh, Williams came in to uh, do a, just to like get see what was out, and he saw it on the shelf, and he, I guess he was like, oh this is cool, like what is this? And he told him, you know, uh, I went in there and get, left it. Um, or sold it to, he bought it off me. So he got it and they took like a picture of him with it and they sent it to me and I lost my mind. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. You know, cause like I said, a huge Grant Morrison fan, just like mm-hmm. complete obsessive. I'm like, this fucking dude did seven soldiers of victory. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. He's doing, you know, he's like the fucking coolest. And when we made Vitruvian underground, part of it was like, okay, look at like how he does layouts. Like we want to do layouts like that. We want to be creative you know, Craig draws much more like J.H. Williams than I does, but like Craig's sick and he can do all that kind of stuff. So we were like channeling some of him in there. And so he, like the fact that he was holding it blew my mind. I didn't even know he was from Merced. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like it was, it was like, it was like if you showed me Frank quietly holding up my drawing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I would have been like, yeah, no, J- what? J.H. How did is, it-
0: uh, is
1: elite. Yeah, he's like, a ele- he's a legend he's so fucking sick so then he had a signing for i think batwoman the first thing was coming out or like the first one that he made was coming out so i was like i gotta go to that signing so i told my boy mike i'm like let's go like we you know i forgot when it was but i think it was like a couple months later or something so we went we drove down and um i just had like a stack of books for him to sign and i you know got him to sign them. And I was just like real nervous, like, oh so um I actually <laughs> you, you, you secretly I,
0: you went in with with books, uh, but you had a secret intention? <laughs> no,
1: I was not secret. I just wanted to tell him thank you for buy for getting my book. I was just like you know, I had all these questions that I wanted to ask him. Should have led with that. And what's that? You should have led with that. With what?
0: With like, hey, I'm the guy who's book No, are- that's what I
1: did do. Okay. <laughs> you inter- you interrupted me. <laughs> my bad, my bad, my bad. So I was like hyped. I'm like, dude, uh, can you you know sign these books? I'll- I'm the guy who uh, you bought my book here. I did. He's like, oh, Vitruvian Underground*, and I was like, uh, yeah. He goes, oh my god, and he like puts the books down that he's signing, and he just like starts talking to me about doing a creator own book. How I, like, if I planned on kickstarting it, uh, and I told him like, we did a Kickstarter for it. We like, we didn't succeed by like 200 bucks. (laughs) And he was just like, what? (laughs) He was like, that's crazy. And he was like, you know, you should, uh, if you do another one, let me know and I'll help promote it. And like, you know, do all this shit. And I was just like, oh my God, this is insane. Like, yeah, he he was, he had more questions for me about my book and I'd never even got to ask him the questions that I had about fucking, Being JH Williams, yeah, yeah, that must have been like a hell of an adrenaline rush. Oh, he, yeah, I mean, he was like, he was really, he was really supportive and like really genuinely like interested in like what we were doing, and I was just like, this is insane, this is so cool, and then uh, you know we he they invited us to like a party, uh after the after the signing they were gonna have like a little get together at the shop, so we're like, oh okay, yeah, sure. So we were like gonna go home, and like I said, it's a two hour drive from Stockton. Mm-hmm. So we were gonna go home, but we're like, well, we could wait, right? Like, what time is the, the the hangout? And they're like, oh, it's like gonna be like seven thirty, eight. 8.00. you know, JH Williams is gonna go get some food, and then he's gonna come back here. But you guys can come back if you know if you don't mind. So we're like, okay, yeah. So we were like, let's go get some food. We'll just hang out at Starbucks so and camped then out. we'll come back. Yeah, like we have to. Like, that was at, like, 5, so we had to find, like, two and a half hours. Like, what are we going to do, right? uh uh-huh. So, we go to the Starbucks, and J.H. Williams walks in behind us, and I, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, he's thinks, I wonder if he thinks Damn, we're, like, following him? him or whatever. Oh, no, 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 sorry. We were going to go watch a movie because we had to fill that time, and he was in line buying tickets for the movie to watch with his wife, and I'm we're like, oh, man, like, let's cut out like for, you know, I don't want to look like we're like following him to watch this fucking movie. So <laughs> I, then we I go I completely to Starbucks. Uh huh. We go to Starbucks and then he walks into Starbucks and I just feel like he thinks we're stalking him. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, then they ended up like they were tired. So they went home and they crashed after, instead of going to the party. And then we went to the party and they're like, Oh yeah. J.H. Williams went home and we're like, Oh fuck. <laughs> All right. Well, so we still hung out for a little bit, uh-huh. but it was like, I don't want to like, you know, yeah. That, I, I was like, oh man, he. This guy thinks we're like fucking creeps or whatever. Yeah, it's the equivalent of that situation cool. where you say bye I,
0: to someone and then you start walking in the same direction.
1: Oh dude, yeah, we bumped into him like three times, and and also like we had invited him to come to Stockton for Stockton Con, yeah. so like, it, we didn't want him to think that we're following him to just keep asking him. You know, it was it was like, have you ever seen Foot Fist Way? No. Uh, oh fuck, you gotta watch that movie. It's uh, Danny McBride. Oh. Um,
0: they're, the but Danny he, McBride catalog like, is is good. I I know, it's, but I'm... it's his
1: first one. Yeah, but he, he he sees this like Chuck Norris dude, and he invites him to come do like his uh, town to do a demo, and it, then you know they like go to a party. It felt like like that's what was happening, but you know. Anyways, JH Williams, sick dude, and that guy Shout was like, that, very dude. supportive. I
0: recently, um, I don't know, I don't I don't know if we can seg here, but. Um, did you see that uh, Twitter thread where somebody uh, uh, posted about his process?
1: Yeah. Yeah, his, his process being just like he just starts drawing whatever feels right and natural on the page is what he does. It's uh, that, insane. He's that is nuts.
0: That is sicko stuff. That is uh, alien. Theory. I hear
1: about artists that do that. I mean, like, I don't know about you, but I don't really put too much... Like, I'm not as good as or creative as J.H. Williams, but do you, I mean, how many drafts of a layout do you do?
0: I only do one layout draft, but apparently, like, from, from the description, it was, like, he doesn't. Do it. No, but, you know. He, like, reforms a page, uh, apparently. Yeah, but I mean, if you're,
1: <laughs> I'm not saying, like, do this, but I'm saying, like, if you, I used to do pages where they're not nearly as good as him, but, like, I don't need a layout. A,
0: like, I know what I'm going to do. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I, I feel like I, I, I use my layouts a little differently. I use my layouts as, like, practically pencils. So I there is yeah, a well, lot of digital. improvisation. Once I, like, blow that layout up and I start inking, there is a big improvisation process where maybe somebody might be like, wow, you came up with this whole body. You inked this whole body off of, like, the stick figure. But nothing on the level like i do need to like fuck up a layout 3 or 4 times before i find what i'm what i'm actually trying to do
1: yeah i think it's i think it's different in illustration stuff than than pages but you know his stuff is illustration and pages so it's different for yes. him he's like he's a, he's an insane person who's uh, he's in his own category he, <laughs> he's in his own level but that that actually Again, to to move on a bit, um it reminds me of all these fucking sketch versus final memes that I've seen going around. Oh, been, and I'm just like I've fucking been participating, stop. I'm sorry. I, I'm t- sick of it. This is the cloud chasing stuff that pisses me off, bro. You gotta <laughs> you gotta hop on these friends. I'm, I'm
0: sorry. I'm I'm like only a one K uh followers boy. I know, but I'm looking at him and I'm thinking,
1: like, who gives a fuck? Like, some of these, some of these people, by the way, their sketches look better than the final because they just overkill everything. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, but you know, it, it basically, there is a certain kind of person on Twitter, like a certain type of guy, certain type of artist, where they want to convince people that art is like this magical process, that it's like a thing that's like a trick, like a circus trick, and You know, they are like a select privileged few who are able to like magically make this shit happen or they they try to like break it down as like this is very learnable. And here's like the trick to how to do it. And both of those camps, I I fucking hate both of them. You know what I like, Daniel? What? Art. That's just a finish. Show me the ending process. I don't want to know that it looked like this a bit ago and this is what it is now. Just show me the thing that you're doing, you know? Like, sure, show me inks, pencils, colors, fine. Show me pencils. Show me inks. Show me, like, in separate things. But I don't need to know... Oh, this is how this thing works. Like, or here's how I would color this thing. Here's how I would letter this thing. Like, it's so fucking irritating that every time I go on Twitter, it's like wizard how to draw in the fucking pages. <laughs> and it's it is like, I it, who is this for? I, I, it's for people who don't even draw. I,
0: I, like, I, I see so many people um, putting it uh, uh, putting the responsibility on themselves to make tutorials for other people. Um, it's crazy to me, and, and and they'll be like, yeah, here's how you draw. Here's a hundred different hands I've drawn for reference, and I'm like, your hands aren't that good, or your hands are very <laughs> specific to what you're doing, and like, like I see a lot of I see a lot of budding artists who who will share this stuff religiously with with like no understanding that this is just what one person is doing and and and, and putting out. It'll be like, it's always, I mean, not always, but there's
1: often the kind of person that's like the, uh, that's like the sort of Tumblr comics about feminism type, you know, like <laughs> this is toxic, right soft, now. soft ass art style. Yeah. There's like, again, no, Hey, listen, it's peace and love. It's all love. There's no, there's we no love hate.
0: Everyone's comics.
1: I love everyone's comics, but it's always these comics. That's like the lumberjane style of comics, which again, no, Hey, all love pure It's all blessings, but you don't need to be the the most technically adept artist to draw like that. Mm -hmm. In fact, I know you don't because 90% of artists that are coming up draw like that and you you specifically don't need to know how to draw hands, clearly. It's not what you're drawing. It's not like that's not something that's going to be of great value to the person looking at it Mm -hmm. that you've spent all that time because it's rote. It's simple. There's no style. There's no aesthetic. No hate, all love. But there's nothing there. It's simple.
0: It it all, no hate,
1: all love. Uh, it's
0: all. Yeah, and, and so I I I am uh, guilty of liking to show off a little bit of my process. Um, Fraud. I, I, Fraud. I like showing people like perspective grids. I like showing people Ugh. like all that stuff. But it's because Ugh. there are you people know what who I like are genuinely, genuinely? curious I like... about process.
1: I like, though, I like when you and I are talking after the show and you've showed me your insane process for how you get these grids, which makes so much sense. It's so easy. But you like when you explain it to me and you show me it, I'm like, that's sick. That's crazy that you d- figured that out. What I don't like is you showing that to somebody <laughs> who is like they are like just some random person who's not an artist. It's like a, they don't deserve Remember that magician. What's that? They don't deserve it. They're not in the shop. They're not talking shot. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like, okay, here's, let me, th- if, if, uh, if you have a dentist and you go to the dentist and you go there to get your teeth cleaned,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't, you don't want to see on Twitter. Like you don't care to see on Twitter. Like, Oh, here's how I clean your teeth or whatever. But there are people <laughs> who think it's very fun, very to like pretend that they do a thing that they don't do. And, When you do that with art, to me, it devalues the process of making it by showing every step, by like just like not just like doing it once or twice. People's entire brands are process things, yeah, or tutorials or pro tips and all this shit, and it's just like it's exhausting to me as somebody who doesn't care because I'm so good already. I'm so great.
0: (laughs) I like to see it as like we're uh, or me, the people who. Do post-process stuff. Um, uh, I guess we're making a distinction between people who like dedicate their entire feed to that. I was just like hopping on a hashtag trend because, like, well, I, it's get all it's all excuse. encompassing.
1: It's all because the hashtag trend pumps the like pretending that it's magic and then showing how to do the trick. That has to go hand in hand, right? Yeah, it can't just be its own thing. It can't just be art. It has to be. Oh, it's the beauty of the but that's creative the, that's process. that's the reason
0: why that's the reason why videos of people doing a drawing sell or move or retweet way more than just a drawing. Here's how
1: you know I'm consistent about this point. By the way, I mentioned that I'm a wrestling fan. One mm. thing I've always hated, always hated, is in wrestling. There, like fans of wrestling, talk about the business of wrestling. And they talk about how the fact that it's fake and how that, you know, they talk about you selling and like they're they're the face and they're being booked like this. And this is the, like, I hate insider wrestling terms used by fans. I was, because I'm not a wrestler. I was
0: listening to, um, gutter boys and they were saying stuff like shoot and face. and And I just don't know what that means.
1: So like, yeah, because that's the thing is though, like these, those, the gutter boys are not fucking wrestlers. And if they want to talk about comics, I guess they can do that because they technically qualify as comic artists. I wouldn't call them that, or you know, <laughs> they, but, they they pass
0: oh, on a technicality.
1: Technical, technically, you know, they're doing like the indie shows at like gyms or whatever, which is they're, great. They're, I love that. They're affiliated wrestling. to a publisher. They, you know they they get their they get their bread from Fanagraphics. <laughs> you know they're they're keeping them afloat. We don't really do that here at Mexflintalo. But um, <laughs> my point is that when, that when I go to watch wrestling, I don't want to be told this is fake and let's all be in on it. I want to root for the good guy and boo the bad guy and just experience this in a pure way. When I see art online, I want to see the image and think, wow, this is sick.
0: Like, like, like if it's a Holy West page, it's like, wow, that's a real cowboy.
1: It, <laughs> I want to just look at it and experience it for what it is. I don't need you to tell me how you drew that face, how you did this, you know. I don't need to know about all that. I don't need to know about... I mean, it's fun, you know. Mm-hmm. But the fact that that's the only shit that's popular, like, that'll be always more popular than just, like, the straight art, which is, you know, not always the case. But
0: It, 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 it sadly ends up being, like, how many... It's sort of like an album where you have singles. Yeah. And then you have the rest of the tracks. It's like how many like it's one of the reasons why I like posting old pages because how many people actually read Judge Dread and got to see what I did on like page yeah. 15 of issue 6 uh, like some kind of art that I really 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 like.
1: I guess I guess my my point is fuck the process, okay? Fuck yeah. the process. It's a job. So when I, I when I, I, mostly when I look agree. at when I look at art that I love the comics mm-hmm. I don't think about like when we talk about on the show we don't think about the technical ability and like the training and all that shit of like what we're talking about the story we're talking about the art whatever but we don't need to know we don't I don't I never want to see Todd McFarlane do an explainer on how he draws texture or whatever. I know that some of those things exist whatever whatever.
0: Yeah, no, but that's the that's the, like the Wizard Magazine section of a pro artist. And there's the video with Stanley, it's very
1: fun whatever whatever. But that'll never be as cool to me as Spawn on the page. It is what it is. You know what? I'm fucking old school, Daniel. That's your that's your deep old school conviction. I fuck
0: the process. I'm old school, baby. I'm I'm new school. I'm going to take over. I'm, <laughs> you're I'm clou- following cloud your dude clout chasing what's the process
1: you're a clout chaser dude that it is
0: what it is I, and, and and at the end of the day over over your tombstone i will be there chasing clout <laughs> i will i will be like doing a really cool por- portrait of your face and oh my god if, those you, lights, if you show those the retweets. process of
1: how you drew my face i'm gonna be absolutely Ooh, i'm
0: gonna do like layout to I'm, gonna you, on I'm, your gonna, face. I'm gonna haunt you bro i'm gonna haunt you if you do that to me <laughs> you're gonna your ghost is gonna take a plane ticket down to puerto rico and hey, i'm just hauntness. saying
1: if if you do that and then hurricane ramon comes don't even bother <laughs> don't even bother boarding up the windows just know you're all the gone. bad
0: hurricanes have women's names though sorry well this there's the first for everything yeah <laughs> if we get to the r's at one point if we get to uh hurricane ramon I uh, and you have passed away just i just know no. that that one's gonna take me that's the just one that's, that's gonna- the one yeah
1: so, anyways, Sweet let's. You know what? We're at t- we're now approaching the mark where we should start getting into the questions. We didn't even talk about okay. the. We didn't even talk about the random dramas, by the way. Yeah. We wrote down like. like we, we let's talk about,
0: about about it a little bit. No. <laughs> do you do you want to touch on them at all, or do you want to go straight to the questions? Let's just go straight to the questions, because some so of them Daniel some of them are involved. Listener questions.
1: Yeah, we got. We're taking. We're because because we had a last minute thing when Daniel weren't sure. I wasn't sure if I could actually talk to Daniel for a long period of time like we took questions today so
0: yeah i, I to... kept i kept ramon hanging he he, wrote, he hit me up like uh yeah our friend's not gonna make it and i'm just like yeah i'm not gonna answer for half an hour <laughs> no that I'll... wasn't that wasn't a problem at all
1: <laughs> so anyways
0: no but anyways. yeah ramon made the prompt i asked uh, I asked twitter.
1: i asked twitter super last second if anybody had any questions for the show because we wanted to have like sort of a mailbag episode. It ended up we didn't need it. Um,
0: yeah, we, we know how to talk, but yeah. we, we also got some good questions now.
1: Yeah, sorry. I was checking something. I was I was opening up the questions. So, let's get to it. From Tony Grigori, he asks, you guys... Well, this is...
0: This is just a request. This is more of a request.
1: He says, you guys should do we a Hamilton an review. Episode. And also more trumpet, please. Okay, here's uh-huh. the thing. I will never watch Hamilton. I tried to listen to one song and I couldn't make it through it. How am I to? I tried to
0: mind? put the Hamilton on Spotify once. Did not. Hamilton crashes computer. Make it.
1: <laughs>
0: also um, related.
1: Did you see that news story I sent you about um, DoorDash? Um,
0: shit. Um, it's okay. I'll I'll just tell you the headline.
1: No. Um, it says DoorDash spent 5.5 million dollars to advertise their one million dollar charity donation. Now this was a DoorDash ad that was in the Super Bowl featuring one David Diggs from Hamilton,
0: Hamilton. Mm, mm-hmm. and it was a thing the where Sesame
1: Street were, ad. It was a he he was he was rapping with Sesame Street about DoorDash, and it made me laugh because all of those commercials were like support local, like all the DoorDash and GrubHub and all that shit, as if
0: yeah they 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 I, use the word local. Oh my god, strategically. Oh my god. In a way that was very sickening, the 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 Cardi B Wayne's World one. They only used the word local. It was insane how they
1: are trying to reframe this sort of crushing gig economy, uh, food food delivery psychopath service.
0: Psychopaths. What's that? What's that? It's psychopath Shit. Like it, yeah, it, it, it's. Yeah. But it's it's yeah.
1: amazing though because like, uh, when they're doing it, it's like oh you're doing a good thing by supporting local businesses. Like you want to help the community that you're in and all this shit, but the people delivering the food, it's just ruthless sort of technocratic capitalism where they're just like getting these workers who are being paid like shit. They can't unionize. And it's just like the gig economy. That's going to be, you know, that we've dealt with in comics for a long time where it's all work for hire, you know, uh, no long-term contracts, no unions, And they want to bring that to just like everything else. And the fact that like DoorDash and like Lyft and Uber and all these companies like work to destroy workers' rights in California. And then they like do a $1 million charity donation and they spend $5.5 million to advertise that donation to, to mask the fact that they're just like ruthless psychopaths. And then they get fucking the guy from Hamilton to rap with like fucking Elmo and Big Bird, oh, it, uh-huh, yeah. oh I wanted to die when I was watching that.
0: <laughs> it, it was it was like uh, seeing these these corporations parade around in like the skins of, of 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 these characters, like like they ripped out off their skin and were wearing like masks made out of uh, like Wayne's World. Guys, I
1: mean, they, yeah, they literally it, that those guys might as well have been puppets.
0: <laughs> yeah, they, they really did. Looks look like like wax museum. Uh, they look like
1: animatronic. The Hall of
0: Presidents, but it was like party on Wayne, party on, <laughs> party on Yeah, the only the only person that was alive in there was Cardi B. Yeah, although oh. we
1: question on a routine basis if that is not a clone Cardi B, the uh, the
0: one that does the sound effects the for the for the commercials, but. Uh, all, all I out. know
1: is there there was a Cardi B who supported Bernie Sanders, a uh, great, absolute queen, absolute icon. And I can, I cannot imagine this I, is the same Cardi B. I have to imagine that this is a clone. This is Cardi I C. That,
0: I think that Cardi B is a good person, but she also was raised in an environment where she wasn't going to say no to a bag.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, no, I like, understand that. But I'm suggesting that she would because she's a true communist. But she's a clone, so that's why she's betrayed her values and um has has perpetuated the neoliberal agenda.
0: Yeah. Could you I, I, I mean could I, you just
1: do that to like pretend that you're that a Puerto Rican or Dominican queen uh, did
0: not betray you? I I I have so many like uh, mental gymnastic redundancies that I can use to justify like Cardi B doing something like really fucked up but not or, no. like, or like like AOC <laughs> having some kind of like a little bit more liberal politics. When, AOC, will... when
1: AOC took the picture with those Bolivian dudes, you were like, nah, yeah. gee, that,
0: wasn't her. She, that wasn't her. That was she a cardboard cut out of her. She did, a, she did like a, a bit of a, like during the census, she was in a campaign and she was sort of like doing it in partnership with Lim Manuel Miranda. And I'm like, <laughs> not her. Not her that's not yeah she's no she's it is her but she's doing it out of like machiavellian oh i see politics reasons where i can i can understand and justify everything for my queen
1: you're saying she's not the pawn she's taking over the pawn here
0: yes she's doing she's doing the game she's playing the game in a way that she will uh eventually like take over I I will say it was funny
1: watching the Super Bowl ads and it's just like it's it's like you know extreme capitalism it's extreme like uh just like end of empire shit watching that kind of that kind of affair spectacle which I love like don't get me wrong I love it
0: weren't they all just like different uh Uber DoorDash type services it felt like all the ads that I saw coming out were just like part of this like New lower tier of service economy <laughs> advertisement. Well, here's the thing, Daniel. I am actually a big football
1: fan. So a lot of times during the commercials, I don't even watch them that much. I watch that one. I'm not a commercials other reason to watch a Super Bowl guy. I'm much more of a... I'm,
0: I'm a Puerto Rican, so we just don't watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's been fascinating to see the Twitter takes on, on, on it. Yeah. But, like, I don't know who Tom Brady is. I just know he got really drunk recently.
1: I'm going to be honest with you. I think I would have like 20,000 followers right now if I didn't tweet about sports. However, mm. however mm-hmm. I have to do it. It's an impulse that drives me every day.
0: No, no, it's the real. And is- I appreciate it. Like I listen, I read your tweets and I'm like, yeah, sports. you like, what? It's like, what? it's like watching, uh, Emma Vigland on majority reports. She'll, she'll talk sports and I'll be like, yeah,
1: sports. <laughs> does, it feel, does it make you feel more like a, like a dude's dude to see my tweets about sports?
0: Yeah, I'm like, that's my friend. He <laughs> likes basketball. Um, like, um, I, I joke, but I actually, like, love playing basketball. Um, <laughs> I, I I, grew up, my dad raised me playing basketball, like, playing a lot of sports. But when it comes to the actual following of it, it's not as fun.
1: Oh, so, yeah, what I was saying, though, was it's an extreme, yeah. like, capitalist sort of spectacle. But but the uh, all the ads this year, now that we're in the Biden administration... It's going back to like it like it's makeup for Trump era stuff where we got like look at all these woke icons and they're gonna sell you absolute bullshit, <laughs> you know?
0: Woke uh, icon Mike uh, Myers. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like well, you know, the the Cardi B I think is more along <laughs> yes, the lines yeah. of that. But uh, but you know, yeah, she she the, she gave the, the, the commercial much more life. But the the Waynes World stuff, like immediately have you did you ever watch Waynes World? Do you like that movie? Like yes. The, yes. The funniest two, part of that movie, movie is when they make a joke about selling out and they hold up the Domino's pizza and it just gets I, progressive. I could
0: not stop thinking about that scene throughout that whole commercial.
1: It was almost like that's the, that was the point was to like parody that except for you are literally doing that right now mm-hmm. and it's for... It the, doesn't work. It's, at, it's way worse. <laughs> it's so much worse. So like that was, you know, between that and the Sesame Street DoorDash, between the... The Uber Eats or whatever that was, Grubhub and DoorDash, those were the most toxic, disgusting ads of the Super Bowl. Um, and yeah, that's including. Nightmare fuel. That's including the uh, All Lives Matter uh, Bruce Springsteen ad where he filmed it talking about like the middle of the road or whatever. And then like two days later, we found out that he had been arrested with a, a drunk driving incident, <laughs> which like. First of all, like if that, that it's crazy that it came out because uh, first of all, how do they hide that? Like, how do you not know that Bruce Springsteen in November got pulled over with a DUI, but Maybe also that's the only
0: reason he did the commercial. What's that? Maybe that's the only reason he did the commercial. <laughs>
1: it was like a, uh, to get out of going to a uh, traffic school or whatever.
0: Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm like, I'm like a uh, tinfoil hat Illuminati talking. This, this here, is a but, P- like...
1: I'll do a PSA. That's my community service hours. Yeah.
0: No, this is this is the 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 Illuminati finally catching Bruce Springsteen and getting him to do their bidding.
1: Okay, I'm down with it. Like, with it. so we like, got another. We got. Let's move on to the next question.
0: question. Oh um, wait, did we answer? Did we answer? Oh, we did Hamilton review. Um, oh, more trumpets? trumpet please. I don't know if it if it happens, it happens. I don't. That that stuff yeah. is, is natural to me. It's it's always weird when I do something like that and. Now you're it's, a performing it, monkey. Exactly. That's exactly the phrase I was going to use because it would happen to me in college where, like, I'd, I would be funny or I would I would say jokes. And then as soon as somebody knew that I would be funny, they'd be like, hey, Daniel, be funny. <laughs> the worst and thing ever
1: was uh, when I was a kid, my aunt, we like, we went to go out to eat uh, with her and, like, one of my cousins that was in from out of town. And she's like, oh, you know, uh, she said, you know, Ramon's so smart. And she's like, say something smart. And I was like, "What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> How am I supposed to say something smart?"
0: It like it blew my mind. Yeah, the, it, you don't, you don't, you you can't just pull pull that out off the top of my head. I could actually probably do a trumpet off the top if like I think about uh, one of these like uh, Louis Armstrong songs. If you were but, to ask
1: me to do a sports take off top, I would hit you with like eight of them. Say something smart. I don't really have that in the bag. Yeah. Trumpet, I could definitely not do that. I I I I
0: I can I can do a a little bit of trumpet at any moment. Like I I'll, I'll practice it sometimes in the morning when I'm doing my dishes. <laughs> um, what was the, What was the one that I was doing um, it, earlier today? Because no wait, actually I saw this question and I was like, do I got any? I you know uh the Louis Armstrong's like Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. Uh, I w like, what
1: I want what I what if I could do a request I would definitely want like a mariachi like Chiolito Linda or something.
0: Um. Do you do you? uh There's this there's this uh 70s musician, uh who who did like a whole album and I'm I'm like blanking on his name but like it was like this dude and the Tijuana Brass. Oh yeah, it's
1: Herb. It's uh Herb Albert.
0: Herb Albert. Herb, Herb Albert. Albert. Yes. Albert. Is it Herb Albert? Is it Herb Albert? Yeah. Um. Banger. He, that whole album, that whole, like uh, a whole album of his is straight, straight bangers. It's like,
1: oh, wait, which one though? Cause I have some Herb, Herb, Herb Albert albums.
0: Albert. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Then that's, that's a little bit of uh trumpet for you. He's
1: got a song called the Lobo that I fucking love. <laughs>
0: You, you you should uh, make it into your theme song. Yeah, yeah. maybe. maybe. <laughs> so, All right,
1: let's move on to the next. Like, once question. it gets stuck in my head, I, I, mean, it's, I, a I, I it's a good one. can't stop it; it just keeps going.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's we got to. If move. If, gotta if, move. if 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 Max ever needs like a new intro, um, um maybe Sophie wants to like uh, remix some trumpets into it. Highly doubt she wants to do that. <laughs>
1: So we got, we got we got a question from Salt M Bank says, "What are your thoughts on animation as a medium, or specific movies or shows that you've enjoyed?" Uh, do, do you do you want to start that one off? Sure. Uh, my thoughts on animation, you know, I respect it. Um, I guess because as a comic book artist, I, I really do think that what I do is the purest form of art storytelling with with drawn images. All the rest of it is just flash. It's just bullshit. Alright. That's kinda like animation
0: is a fad. All the fad. rest of it is is a budget. All the rest of it is like like the only way you can really pull it off is like a whole ass. Animation is a
1: fad, bro. That's not sticking around. <laughs> it's
0: not it's not sticking. No. When did when did it start? When's it going? I dude, I'm telling
1: you, comics were around before animation. They will be around after animation. Um, and animation is just comics for people who are semi brain dead. Now, do I have any favorite ones? I guess, yeah, I love the animation in Beavis and Butthead. Because <laughs> it's, <all> <laughs> yeah, it's all hand-drawn.
0: Yeah. Uh, what else? Like, uh, Just that like that MTV my movie, edgy li-
1: line? My favorite movie is Beavis and Butthead to America, America. animation-wise. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, you're talking about quality stuff. You're talking about the creme de la creme.
1: The art in that is sick. Are you kidding me? I... Do you not like Beavis and Butthead?
0: Um, I was more of a celebrity deathmatch guy. Weak. I know, I know. You just exposed like, yourself as a, I, loo-
1: as a loser.
0: It, I, I've i always sort of been, um... There's of, a... Uh, there's repelled a... by ugly art, quote unquote. Not me.
1: There's an episode of Beavis and Butthead where they, uh... They're they're in they have to make a cartoon in like an animation thing, and they create like this insanely violent, just like uh, stick figure animation, and it's just it's so psychotic, but it's like mm-hmm. so funny. Uh, it's one of my when I was a kid, the hardest I ever laughed was when Beavis and Butthead, they have to do uh, they have to pick up trash on the side of a road with uh, Christian with like these Christian kids, and they're playing frisbee with a hubcap. And they they throw it and a car drives by so it ricochets off the car and like uh not it like hits this dude and knocks him unconscious and just like the way it's animated is so fucking funny to me. Yeah, I love I love Beavis and Butthead. It's the funniest show. Like, it's super funny. Next is King of the Hill. Next is I guess the good family.
0: So so you're, you're... I'm
1: a I'm an animation purist in that I love Beavis and Butthead, yeah
0: is is it's from a, a very like american animation perspective is there any other kind i'm american baby, I, american baby. i'm i'm a weeb weep till i die <laughs> uh, so dude. animation as a medium no, or no, no. specific movies i i do default to japan i'm sorry to,
1: speaking of which we need to do some manga on this episode i mean on one of these shows yeah i'm i'm down to talk manga uh um, we need to but i unrelated i'm just bringing that up but go yeah. on tell me about tell me about good anime movies silly oh uh,
0: just i mean it, it's such a broad topic to like talk about it as a medium or whatever but what's your favorite um, we'll do that favorite animation as a series I've I've recently been rewatching the original Gundam series, and I'm talking about like seventies, like late seventies. Yeah, and that stuff still holds up. And like, if we're talking about it as a medium, where like in that show, uh, you can see how they were working with so little, mm-hmm. um, how they were like recycling art and like the 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 uh, the magic of. I guess understanding the process a little bit better like that they had like all these gels all these like uh cells animation cells that they could like move around and reuse all of a sudden I can understand what the what was going on behind behind the the show. Yeah. But yeah. it still stands up. There's some still like genuinely uh fluid natural movements. I care a lot about natural movement in my art because of that. You know
1: what I was going to say? Also I love Tex Avery. Um yeah. Oh, yes. I was re-watching his, like, wolf ones, you know? Because uh, mm-hmm. I want to get a tattoo of that wolf. Um, <laughs> like I, just one of the frames with its eyes popping out? Well, I want to get... Yeah, I want to get that, but, like, a choloed-out version of it for my, you know, for Villalobos, for my Villalobos family. Hell yeah. Um, so, I, I definitely am... Like, I talked to my boy about getting that tattoo, so I'm probably going to get it, you know, sometime this year. But, um... I was rewatching them and those are sick. Like that's good animation. That shit is good. Yes. That like yeah. Tex Avery is kind of the man like cartooning wise, but uh I mean like you know what that's not saying yeah much. no I I but agree I, with you I, manga um, the anime that I do like I watched uh, Slam Dunk that was kind of fire oh, and I yeah. also watched like Giver it's pretty Giver sick. is the shit yes yeah like super violent like- hyper violent.
0: it it, it, there there's definitely so many different kinds of uh, of show that it's hard to like pin it down as a medium because obviously it's like uh, what are your thoughts on comics as a medium like (laughs) well yeah we have a whole whole podcast about it. it exactly so um and it comes to like movies um obviously the it's basic i don't give a fuck but the Miyazaki shit will always uh, stand the test of time. You know, I've never seen a single Miyazaki movie. You're too cool for school. Not too cool for school. I just never seen any of them. Just, well, I mean, the thing is, you have to, you ha- like, I I would love to sit down and watch one of, like, like Ponyo. <laughs> I would love to watch Ponyo with you because it's such a, like, a childish innocence to the film. Bro, listen you just
1: said, and that's weird.
0: That, that it, it. What do you think? B-Row, what's a
1: better movie? Beavis and Butthead do
0: America or Ponyo? <laughs> b It's Ponyo, hands down. No but that's way. That's the thing. We're, we're talking about insane. We're talking about judging two completely different movements. They're both animated
1: art. movies. <laughs>
0: it's just, yeah. It's too, like if the Oscar for animation was between Beavis and Butthead and Ponyo. Beavis and Butthead do America. I, I, I'd vote for Ponyo. Silly. 'cause it's a it's a genuine experience, so was the head to America you're right, you're right, it's incomparable, but they're incomparable. Mm-hmm. um so I guess those like my thoughts is that it's good my 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 opinion is that like animation people should keep doing animation, but it like you're such a my chemical romance fan weeb i I've always wanted to get into like if I ever get like an iPad pro. Like, doing these little sort of, like, smaller animations that people do. I yeah. Because I, I grew up doing, like, taking the corners of notebooks and doing, like, stick figure fights. Okay. That's what Beavis um, and Bad
1: did in the fucking cartoon. But you wouldn't know about that because you're a failure.
0: And and I, instead of uh, seeing a shitty cartoon, I did I actually did the animation. Instead of oh. being a, a, a in a loser cartoon about two losers. It's actually a really sick,
1: funny cartoon. But I guess you don't know that because you saw it. Whatever.
0: Haven't you ever seen every time they show like uh, Donald Trump's kids? Who, who are they comparing them to? Do you want to? Do you want to? Is that what you Kanye. like? <laughs> uh
1: Next question. All right. Why does DC hate the best Blue Beetle Jaime Reyes? Uh, this is a three-part question. Uh, do you, want, do you question. want to take
0: this one? This is directly towards you. I, I feel like
1: I don't know if they hate him, but I feel like for a long time they don't see it as valuable IP for some reason. Um, I, I genuinely don't understand why, because I think it's one of the most, like, cool designs from Coley Hamner, and he looks sick, it's a great character, multi-ethnic, young, it's basically Spider-Man, but with, like, cosmic stuff, and I think for a long time, my understanding of it was, when they had a young, new writer, they would put him on Blue Beetle to see if, if that was, like, moving the needle, And if it kind of did, then they were like, oh, we got something. But the problem is when you have that character be like a dumping ground, sort of like gatekeeper character, fans can see it because it's people. The training wheels character. It's nobody with like ideas for Blue Beetle. It's people trying to prove that they can tell a basic story and then move on to the next stage of, of working at DC. And I think. You know that's clear if you just look at the history of it. He's never had a sustained run. He's never had a run by people who are passionate about it um, beyond the the first one. Um, and I tried reading a lot of them, and a lot of them are just kind of like, you know, boring. But I I love Blue Beetle. I love that character. I love the Peacemaker stuff with uh, when they had Peacemaker. I was like a biker who like super cool. I love that he was dating Tracy Thirteen. I loved I loved that character so much. So like, I, I I I wish they would do more with him. but unfortunately, it is
0: what it is. From a from a distance perspective. Yeah. Why do
1: you hate Blue Beetle? I,
0: <laughs> I it's it's no hate for the record. I actually no hate. It's all peace and um, love. Some of my some of my favorite or like my entry into Raphael Albuquerque art. Was okay, his okay. Blue Beetle stuff okay? I really, really enjoyed Um, I, 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 I got hooked with his work um while he was doing that, but um, I think it's the fact that I don't associate like I when when you think of the original Blue Beetle, you think of a gadgets guy, Wait, which the
1: original Blue Beetle,
0: uh, or the one that the one that uh yeah, became the St- popular, the Steve with Ditko, Ditko Blue Beetle,
1: the Ted Cord yeah. Blue Beetle.
0: Yeah, he's a I I see him as a gadget man, as a as a man who has a weird chip, beetle ship. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is he was always like when he, when
1: they when they folded him into DC when he was his most popular, it was like he was a goof It was like a goof yes. on on Batman. But the the one so Blue Beetle, the
0: Jaime Reyes character came out that in the that cosmic of, stuff that you mentioned. I I I that that seems like Green Lantern to me.
1: Yeah, well like that's I mean. That's why I like him. It's basically Kyle Rayner. <laughs>
0: like, mm-hmm. but I was about, but, I was gonna bring up Kyle Rayner in in comparing the two.
1: He came out when I first started reading comics, so I was like in hard with Blue Beetle. So uh, you know, and and that's like like you know we talked about Justice League International on the Wonder Woman episode. Like I read all that stuff. I loved I loved Ted Cord as a Blue Beetle too. Mm-hmm. Like I just think that character looks sick. I have like drawings from before like uh like high school drawings when i was like it has to be badass but i have like blue beetle drawings where he's like in uh in like armor suits and stuff like that um from like pre jaime because uh they kind of did it in kingdom come so i had yeah, like iron they, man they, they version. did
0: give him that blue armor
1: that shit was that shit looked
0: awesome yeah so I, I have so like I'll old draw drawings where me. i thought
1: it would be cool if he had like iron man armor and then they gave it to him <laughs> with blue mm-hmm. beetle and right, so i thought that shit was sick as fuck you know i wish they would do stuff with it i mean i I've, I've i've done a drawing where i've like been like i would love to do blue beetle that might be even above green lantern yeah um, i guess
0: it's that like justice league international so sort of a schlub type character yeah, you like that one? in the in the popular consensus.
1: Yeah, well, they tried. I feel like DC tried. They they tried to make it a thing in like in the uh, Brave and the Bold cartoon. I think he was in the Teen Titans cartoon, and then he recently had showed up in one of the one of the live action things. But I don't watch that CW stuff. I, I so. think
0: I think they I think they released or like they they had leaked a reel of of of, of Blue Beetle footage that they like tried out, and everybody made so, fun of it, right? I think they did but uh, so it, I I don't think that DC hates the character they definitely tried it, it was it was like part of their like trying to have a uh, minority characters in 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 books so
1: the next part of that question is um who comes up
0: with your episode titles Sh- should we even say I feel like I feel like it should be more like we throw our ideas in a bag and the good one comes out. That's usually what happens. But 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 like to, to ascribe who who did which title I, I, I don't know. I don't I feel like that would that would ruin a little bit of the magic.
1: Um I will say Daniel is doing all the episode art from now on. It was something he Are fought you... very hardly for. Yes. Um <laughs> and I told I was resistant. I said, No, we're not doing that. But nobody would nobody stop, wants episode art he wouldn't stop crying about it to the point where I just said, okay fine fuck it do it do it I, I'd hit you up like once a week like
0: what do you what do you, what if what if it had a picture
1: and I was like nah what if it didn't what if it was the is same? it
0: because is it because you are 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 attached to that uh uh original uh, Flex mentallo mentallo sketch it's because I'm
1: so like uh anal uh what is it um you love anal no <laughs> no i'm like uh what are they called like i'm obsessive i got ocd about mm-hmm. i want to all look the same but yeah. if it doesn't all look the same it just annoys me you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i was just like well i don't really want to but and also I don't want it to be like I'm up at 3 a.m. working on it and then I'm like, oh, I need an episode title and I can't post it now because you haven't sent it to me.
0: Yeah, I've decided I've decided I'm going to take four days on episode art. You haven't done it yet. <laughs> because it's it's absolutely the, 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 the easiest thing to do. And like listeners, if you care at all, give us some feedback on the episode art if you care. I, Listen, I like I don't know there, if it's doing any good.
1: If you're out there and you hate the episode art, let us know. (laughs) Yeah, tell Ramon immediately, he'll shut that shit down. If you like it, tell us also. Because if you like it, we'll keep doing it. You know, I feel like Daniel is going to throw a fucking shit fit if we don't. So, you know. Honestly,
0: I will. Like, this is (laughs) graphic designer me, like, screaming out. Like, I remember I did. I'm um, a graphic designer too. Yeah, but you don't, you don't like fuck with the Photoshop. You don't like get into the, uh, that shit if you don't have to. Look at what it's you've like,
1: done for the episode art. You're acting like that's some fucking genius Photoshop work.
0: Uh, I, I'll let the, I'll let the viewers decide. I think it is. they've already decided. I think
1: nobody has even said great <laughs> nobody episode cares. art.
0: No, but I was going to say, I was going to say. Nobody has like, said,
1: nobody has pointed out that it even exists. Most people don't even care, which was also my point. Who cares? I, I don't
0: know. I, like, if you look at the last two episodes, the the episodes with episode art, those numbers, those numbers are popping.
1: That's just because our episode, that's only because every episode we do gets more listens than the last. That's typically how podcasts work.
0: I, I don't know. I feel like there's a leap. There's a leap in listens and I don't want to make a correlation. I don't want to say correlation equals causation or whatever. I'll say
1: this. I'll say this. I like them because I don't have to do them. And I like the general idea because it seems to make you happy. Seems to give you some self worth.
0: (laughs) It's like it's a good hobby to keep me off your back.
1: Yeah, whatever it takes to make you stop asking me about getting a cut of the Patreon money. (laughs)
0: Like that's the other reason I'm doing it. I I, I'm just trying to get that get. So the next
1: question is: If Batman shot the Joker, (laughs) if Batman shot the Joker, would that be crazy or what? If Batman shot the Joker, that would be kind of fucking twisted.
0: I, I'd i love to see a comic about that where that happens maybe like in the first scene. In the first page. First page. And then we we would have to deal if that would be crazier or what. That would be – I feel
1: like that would be honestly kind of sick and twisted. Now, this came I, from – I forgot, by, from Land Tweets for Quebecton Torrentino. Land – hey, listen – Big shout out to Lan, one of our Discord members, which I wanna take a quick second to talk about our Discord. It's called the Via Lobos Robotics. It's the it's the official Mex Discord. And here's the thing if you wanna get on this Discord, we had open enrollment. But now if you want to get on it, what I need you to do is go over to that Patreon, subscribe to the Patreon, then no. you get exclusive yeah. access. What? Real, that was a quick shout out. Patreon dot slash whatever.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually a gr- good idea. We can uh, talk about if it would be crazy or what if Batman shot the Joker.
1: I mean, have we've already been discussing it on the Discord. Frankly, the Discord. Oh. By the way, Daniel, I know you're in the Discord, but you never post there. I'm a It's ghost. Pretty good. It's pretty good on that Discord.
0: I I I go and I enjoy the posts. Yeah. And then I leave without a trace.
1: My favorite thing on the Discord is I can just be like, "So what's going on?" Like with the well, like, if there's like drama in comments, like what's going on? <laughs> and people, like, I the goons—that's what. Yeah, the they Discord know. Me-
0: they know better than than the us. Discord
1: members. I like my goons. They all let me know everything that's going on. Shout out, big shout out to the Discord. Shout out to the Patreon. Um, that it's a it's a happening scene. I'll just put it that way. We got another question from Seth Jacob. He just says, "Why?" It seems mm, kind of pained. Yeah.
0: It's probably about you. you. He's he's probably asking why I'm not drawing Holy West right now. (laughs) We We got another tabs on me.
1: We got another question from, um, Bibendum three thousand. Bibendum three thousand. Daniel Iderzadi, threat or menace? Mm. I'm going menace. I don't think he's. I don't think he's a threat at all. (laughs) I can't even be a threat. You're like Dennis the Menace, bro. You're just like a little nuisance.
0: The funny thing is that um, Dennis the Menace in Spanish gets translated to Daniel el travieso. Oh, is that funny? <laughs> I guess so. It, it's just <laughs> I, I I got Dennis the Menace. I got called Dennis the Menace because that was I, my name was Daniel. So oh, okay, I, cool. I I got that, but no, uh, I'm a I'm a triple threat. I'm a podcaster Uh, oh you're you're
1: saying you're a triple threat trumpet yeah you're a menace Um, no
0: i i i like to i like to think that i'm threatening when i'm walking around i give off a threatening aura on the streets
1: next question next question mr colin scott says do you think you could win ink master
0: is that like the the tattoo show yeah. Do you watch it? Are you, are, is I used Master to watch it. I used to think it was more? a great
1: show. I used to think it was a great show. Cause it would be a lot of like fucking, uh, a lot of like Midwestern idiots. They would go on there and they would just be like, I'm not here to make friends. I'm up here to step up to the plate and uh, live my dreams. Cause, and if you don't like that, you can go
0: fuck off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was just like, it was a reality every,
0: show, but for tattooing,
1: they would, they would just do every cliche though. And I loved it. Cause they, they didn't, it wasn't a good vibe, it wasn't a good atmosphere, it didn't have good presentation and they would give bad tattoos and that's like a permanent life thing that happened to somebody. So I like that show. I thought it was sick. Yeah. I feel um, like you could play that room. I yeah, I think I could I would definitely in a reality show, I would definitely be able to maneuver you off the show. <laughs> like I said, I'm not here to play games. I'm not here I mean I'm not here to make friends.
0: <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I uh, just by default I would not win Ink Master.
1: Although I, I know must that say that question neither was of us know to how you. to do tattoos. So,
0: yeah. Do you have a tattoo? I do. I have what are one. What's your tattoo of? It's a it's a King of Spades. Why? Um, it's something that I've always kind of related to. It's It's like a a, a drawing, what? like a spade. Just a spade. Um, is a symbol I've been drawing since, uh, like, I was in middle school. Why? Probably because I liked Maverick by, like, the Mel Gibson movie. You remember that? Like, the poker movie?
1: (laughs) I do remember that. That was from the 90s, like, Western Renaissance. Yes.
0: Yes. That was... That movie was a banger. And I... Always loved like poker cards. I play cards with my parents. uh oh, for real? Most of my life, yeah. It, like Texas I, Hold'em. Uh, if I have to, like, <laughs> I like like old poker when you had the whole like five cards in your hand. Um, okay. Like Texas Hold'em having like three cards that everybody has to share, and you only do like two cards. I don't love that. Um, but I've always liked the concept of the spade. As being this kind of subversive thing, like not a good thing or like calling a spade a spade or um, like it had a That's, sort of a that negative That honestly connotation. sounds kind of
1: threatening. It's kind of like a kind of like a menace thing to do.
0: Yeah. And I.
1: So you're saying you like the spade because it's the darkest of the. Yes, uh,
0: this was me being uh, dark and edgy. No, like the tattoo kind of like represents a sort of like my human earthly a uh, shadow in a way um
1: interesting and what's the whole
0: card no it's it's just the icon of the spade with a crown on it and it has some like additional like numbers and and iconography that's like personal to what? me like it has like a like a like one of these all-seeing eyes on the crown and it has like the number 13 which is sort of like the 13 would be the king in
1: that's like a very swinger's tattoo. That's like a very lounge lizard 1994 <laughs> tattoo.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe like it, it's definitely like right in this fuckboy area of the of the arm. Yeah, it's like you're
1: like uh, Jack the uh the star the Starman from uh the comics. Like that's the kind of shit he they would have gave him too.
0: It, it, it's but it, it's something that definitely has meaning to me like the 13 is sort of like the king's number like after 10 it's like JQK yeah. um, but it, I also got it at the in the year 2013 so okay. it, it has more meaning and I'm you never where, does you, where get do you a have that tattoo huh
1: where do you have that tattoo
0: uh, my right arm. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I I I and I also designed it myself. So I have designed tattoos. Sure. Um, but I'm not. Win I, it I have story.
1: two tattoos, and both times I didn't design them, and I had,
0: I kind of just went in blind, and I was like, okay, what am I getting? I could never do that. I I could never have something on my body that I haven't designed my, myself. Maybe it's like my buddy
1: that. that did them is like a he's really talented, and he uh he was the guy like he was in a band that I used to go watch all the time my buddy uh in a band called filbert and i i he got good at tattoos i was like you know it was kind of a bummer because it ba- he basically i'm gonna quit music i'm gonna just go full into tattoos and i was like that's crazy because you know i thought he was so good like him, his band was so good but you know like how good can a band be like if, you know how much money can you make doing that so yeah. he got into doing tattoos, a better job probably. and he was always like a good artist um He's like a Mexican dude. um, And like, yeah, when I wanted, I wanted to get one early on when he was like a little worse, but he was like, nah, hold on, hold on. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. just wait, just wait. And then when he got kind of good, I was like, I got to get a tattoo now, you know? So I, I got, um, I got one that was a rose and a scorpion for my mom. Cause she, uh, I remember when I was a kid, uh, my uncle Sal gave her a rose and scorpion tattoo, like on her waist. And I always thought that was like super badass
0: yes because i love scorpion
1: from mortal Kombat, (laughs) and her (laughs) and her name is rosa so like uh you know i i guess she's also whatever the sign is or you know scorpio she's Uh, a scorpio i've I've heard of those yeah she's a scorpio so i that was why she got the scorpion but i just got it because i thought like mortal Kombat's sick I just like the imagery of it. That's also why I have a rose and a scorpion you in my did it, Twitter You did thing. it for
0: Mortal Kombat, not even out of, like, love for your mom. It was just scorpion. I got it. it
1: well, sick. I got it for love for my mom. But, you know, I thought my mom got it for love for Mortal Kombat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she wasn't going I mean, to get a, a sub zero tattoo.
1: I was a kid. I was like, damn, my mom's sick, dude. Get over here. <laughs> get over here. And, oh, man. So I got that Wait, one. Have- then on my other arm, I have a goat. I have a, it's like a goat, a buffalo, and an elephant, for like the the three towns that I lived in, because uh, when I grew up in in uh, Tracy, my grandmother that lived there that was like the sort of the real matriarch of of my family she uh she collected little elephant statues, and she when she passed away, everybody. Uh, like everybody got one. So I, like, I have one, you know, my sister has one, like ever is a big family, but there was a lot of them. So, you know, just everybody got this from this collection of like elephant knickknacks. So I got one for her. Cause that's where, you know, I'm, I was born, grew up a few years. Then, uh, Mantica, the was a school that I went to mantika high. Our, our mascot was like a Buffalo, uh, like a white Buffalo. Wasichi
0: Tatanka what was that, <laughs> that's uh that's a white buffalo in uh i think it's soup or it's uh lakota
1: is that south uh, dakota,
0: dakota yeah speak? that's south dakota lore here
1: hell yeah so um i got that because uh it was like you know Mantica High, and then i also and then the the goat is because that same friend that gave me the tattoo i did an album cover for him that was just like the soundtrack to like my 20s you know like, that kind of thing. And the album cover was a little goat crossing over a bridge that lived next to my mom's house. And I used to I used to cross the bridge to go work at uh, Subway, like, to draw at Subway. used to be, like, like,
0: that goat yourself.
1: Every Friday, I used to walk across this, like, little bridge to go to the Subway and then draw until, like, the, they closed, basically. So, I just, like, when I drew the album cover, I just drew that little bridge with a goat and, like, a troll underneath it and so when i got the tattoo i was like yeah i want a goat for stockton buffalo for manteca elephant for for tracy so and then and then the buffalo has 209 in like old english on his forehead for that's the dope. for the area code of the of the county that all the all that all those towns are in basically mm-hmm. so it's a very towny tattoo but i love it
0: yeah no it's it's, it's something that means a lot to you personally and that's how it's
1: huge that's the other thing (laughs) that's crazy like i thought it was going to be like kind of chill and we got there and he didn't know how to do it so then he's kind of like mishmashed him and i and he he could not get it right and i was like well i thought it was going to be like this and i did like a real quick like head 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 like the the layout basically yeah and he's like oh okay got it and he like drew that and then we we like inked it within like Two hours, it, it, super fast, but it like it looks nuts. Like it look. People always think where, I drew where
0: it on on you. Is it
1: my forearm? Both of them on my forearms, okay. like my inner forearms. That's so Anyways, that's,
0: that is the fuck boy spot.
1: Is that? that yes. Sorry. Where is
0: yours? Uh, yeah, right there.
1: I wanna I wanna actually get uh. So I wanna get another wolf. That's also on the forearm. That's the what uh, whatchamacallit, call it? The um. The wolf the, house. Like the Tex Avery, like a Tex Avery, like gangster wolf, like mm-hmm. when he. When he like walks into that, that, uh, that club. What, what what was it called? Grandma's the club. I think so. Yeah. And, uh, I also want to get the Richie Valens tattoo from the movie La Bamba. Oh, damn. Yeah. Cause we, Lou cause Diamond we both got the, what's that? Blue Diamond Philip. You remember that? Have you seen it? Yeah. Do you remember when he goes and he gets a tattoo in the middle of the desert and it's like a, it's a guitar with wings and RV in the middle of it. No, I'm
0: blanking on that. I haven't seen it that recently to remember. It looks remember sick.
1: It. Well, I remembered it when I was younger. I always thought it looked tight. But so that's, that's my my initials are, my initials are RV, so I wanted to get that. Anyways, moving on.
0: Next question.
1: That was a lot. That was thanks thanks uh, Mr. Colin Scott uh, that provided I mean, a lot. We got a of, lot of we got a lot out of that uh, tattoo pressure. talk. Tattoo talk with the boys. <laughs> um, let's see. We got do either oh. A uh, Brute say from our guy Alejandro Brusesi oh. says, "Do either of you have dream projects? If so, what are they?"
0: I can't say. Uh, but shout out to Alejandro. He's been big shout a to Alejandro. One homie, uh, real one, uh, always uh, a positive voice in the in the in the discourse. Really, constantly pr- promoting our podcast
1: too, which I can't thank him enough for. I really can't think it people in general enough for like when they like it, they share it because like, you know, otherwise it's not like we're doing a whole lot to promote it.
0: Yeah, no, it, it, <laughs> it's
1: like a real word of mouth podcast, but we've been very grateful. We've been very uh, blessed that people that like our show feel comfortable to tell other people to listen to it.
0: Yeah. It means we're not, we're, we're, we're not doing that bad, but like uh, Alejandro's question about dream projects can't like, I can't say. I I can't uh that's like confidential information. Like maybe maybe if it was like dream character, like if you had to like work on a character. Ramon, if you had to like pick one already established character to work on as a dream project, what would you do?
1: It's funny. I just talked to a podcast last night. Um it's my buddy Tad Galusha, he has a podcast I think called like Blue Tigers. I can't remember the name of it right now. I'm blanking, but he uh he asked me this question, and I told him if like at this point I don't want to work on any like established superhero stuff, but if it has to be like a an like a character that exists, I would love to do a Trash Man comic. Uh, Spain Rodriguez's oh, character. bring that back. I, I, I mean, you know I love Trash Man, and I that's all I've been reading lately, other than like the books that we read for the show and i love them so much i think they're so fucking funny and like cool so that's that would be my go to is, is trash man
0: okay um <clears throat> i don't know like if we're talking dream projects i would i would uh, uh if there's no like reality to interfere with the thing i'd love to like do a gundam book like some yeah. kind of uh, gundam story if, if uh some American publisher decides that they're gonna do like a a Gundam book and they don't want to fuck it up. Like if they don't want to like Ultraman it, <laughs> <laughs> um, and they actually want to do something that feels like uh, the actual thing, I I I would uh, cut off uh, my right hand for that one.
1: He also asks which Flintayo bro has the better singer better
0: singing voice. I'm I'm gonna say you, even though I haven't I'm gonna even say heard you because I hate my my voice my singing voice all of it yeah
1: i hate mine too so i guess uh you but um, we're not we're I'm both saying we're both saying the other sing. person we're both hate our voices so yeah i so i, I don't know why Trump, somebody but... would like do something stupid like listen to us on a show
0: <laughs> yeah I can't,
1: I... uh when i was in elementary school we went to we had like a music class and the teacher had to sing for choir to see who would be on the choir and I remember she was like singled everybody out to sing, like a little section, and at the end she decided like you should be on here, you should not. And I I remember I didn't know because I think I'm tone deaf, so I I sang the little part that she gave us, and I was like, all right, time to find out if I could sing or not. And she didn't call my name, so I'm like, I don't, I can't sing. <laughs> it's like good enough for me. I don't need to. Uh, yeah, that was a, a that was a
0: good. That was like a vibe check on if you could sing or not, and that. was Yeah, like, and it was like not. Nah. So I'm like, all right. So I saw good no, was no loss. No great loss. Like, I thought I could sing up until I dated a girl that was in choir. Oh, for real? And she's like, shut it down. <laughs> shut <laughs> it. <laughs> shut it down. You, you're you, not homie. doing what you think you're doing. Yeah. You're tone deaf. Like, actually, she was very sweet. She tried to be like, can you, do, can you do a high note? Can you do a high note? And I'd be like, ah. And she's like, okay, now do it higher. And I'd, be, I'd go, ah. She's like, no, 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 let's do it higher. And I'm like, ah, it would be the same thing over and over. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it.
1: Yeah. None of us could be in Hamilton because we have integrity and uh, no singing voice, but you know, whatever. Maybe maybe we can rap.
0: Yo, I'm letting my hey, note and I'm here to give you. There's an
1: Ibrahim Mustafa episode coming up. <laughs> this man is a true hip hop art, like a true hip hop icon. Okay. And I I told him we might have to bar out on that episode for real. Mm. Cause I oh. do, I do send him my, my rhymes every once in a while. That's not a joke. That is very real. Do
0: you, but do you, do you, do you send it like audio? Like, do you got, no, you no. A I just text
1: him the bars and he, we like, we'll send, we'll send each other bars every once in a while. And we're just like, Oh fuck. One time I woke one time I, I, I asked him like, Hey, what's your favorite Ninja turtle? And he was like, uh, he was like, uh, you know, Raphael, but I'm leaning towards Leonardo every day. And I was like, I knew he was going to, I was hoping he would say Leonardo. So then I just like, (laughs) I sent him like bars, like for real. And he was just like, oh shit. So then he started going back. The thing is, he's really good off the top of his head. I'm not. So Mm. once he gets going, I'm just like, it's all good. It's all good.
0: good." (laughs) (laughs) Like you started something that you didn't know that you were, uh... I you always know. know you but I love into.
1: to catch him off guard and bar him out, and then he has to be like, "Oh, it's on." It's on. just his integrity is in question if he doesn't bar out.
0: Yeah. That, Anyways, that, uh, that solves that. That or that answers that question. Uh, thanks for the question, though, Alejandro.
1: Yeah, thank you, Alejandro. So, but the next question, question is from Don Cardenas. From uh, he has comics, coffee, and metal. He has a podcast that I was on about metal and comics. Ooh, uh,
0: shout out, Don. He said, "What's that?" Shout out to Don. He's, he's yeah, also Don. one of the people who, like, consistently uh, uh, hits us Promotes up. Promotes most the show. Yeah. yeah.
1: So uh, he asked, Godzilla vs. King Kong, who do you got? Um, I got I... Kong, baby. You know, I'm tired of the disrespect. And I think he's tired of the disrespect. I feel like me talking to Kong is Adam Sandler talking to KG and Cut Gems. It's like, aren't you sick of it? Don't you <laughs> want to go prove them wrong? they're saying they're saying Godzilla has fire breath doesn't that make you fucking sick
0: i i i wish i could take uh the other side of the argument just just to fuck with you and especially because i'm like uh i'm more inclined to like japanese culture but i don't i don't care about Godzilla that way yeah um i i am uh very much my favorite about Godzilla monkeys. movie
1: is the 90s one so
0: the the Matthew Broderick? Yeah. yeah. That's that that's a that's a good one. Uh everyone uh, who likes Godzilla hates it. That's definitely why I I like it. Um <laughs> Absolutely. but King Kong is like it's impossible to argue against a, like a, the biggest gorilla. Gorillas are like amazing. They're Very they're sick. great to watch. They they just look like they can smash stuff. Um it's weird it's weird to root for Godzilla the like the giant laser beam dinosaur. Oh, yeah. Man.
1: Okay, so the next question is from Brian Reber. Shout out to my guy Reber, Reber Vision. He says, "Does your podcast have to be 3 hours long?" Yes, it absolutely does. There's no other way that you and I could talk to each other. This
0: one's already getting there. We we had no guest. We had <laughs> We had no nothing. guest,
1: we had no topic and we said, "Let's just go Let's kind of just ramble, and let's talk about ourselves. Be very, uh, you know, like yeah. men will have a three-hour podcast uh, <laughs> before they go to therapy. Let's just do that. Yes. In fact, title of the episode: Therapy. No, before they go to therapy. Oh,
0: that's even better. <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly, like I, who can who can afford therapy? Like this is it. yeah, this is what a- we got.
1: It's a very oh. privileged point of view to say something like that to us, but um, there's it's it, he. I think Reber, what he's touching on is we got a little bit of hate here at the Flentayo Industries from uh, some bloggers. They will remain unnamed. I don't want to give them. I know they're chasing the clout, but we don't do that here.
0: Yeah, yeah. As soon, um, as, soon as we pick up a couple of listens, haters haters show up.
1: We got a little bit of listeners. Haters came out of the woodwork to just sh- to shut us down. Try to say that we're a bunch of dude bros who just want to talk, uh, ramble about Spawn. Okay, here's the first thing. If you listen to the episode, it is only partially about Spawn. It's about bigger themes. It's about ideas, about culture, society. Fuck you. About art. Second of all, Spawn's awesome. We could have talked about that for another five hours. Third of all, the other part of that was saying... Don't these people know that they could talk about the episode, or they could talk about things outside of a podcast? This could just be a yeah, phone we call. We know, we talk about it all the time. In fact, we talked about you, you outside the podcast.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that, <think> that that <laughs> was, we had we had a phone call about that. <laughs>
1: don't think, don't think conversations aren't happening. Conversations. Listen, like I got news for these bloggers. Okay, pros talk. Conversations are happening. We're, That's we're to always, everybody. We're always watching. We're always watching. Okay. Um. Mostly, but listen. Mostly, I'm just chilling. But sometimes <laughs> you start to,
0: you start fucking yapping, and I'm I got my eyes on you. We we're just a couple of boys having a good time recording recording podcasts about things we like or things we like to um, talk about, whether they're good or bad or not. And we're not really. Uh, hurting anybody or traumatizing anybody with our uh, three-hour hangouts. And here's
1: the other part that I resented about that, by the way, Daniel. Mm-hmm. They said a bunch of dudes talk for three hours, okay? Here's the thing. On this show, we have had 11 guests. Five of them have been guys. Six of them have been women. I, I resent the notion that this is a dude-only podcast. It's not that we talk to women constantly. Maybe, you know, maybe you don't know that because you only saw the one with Matt because that one was popping. Yeah.
0: This is is clearly a case of them literally only uh, hearing about or, like, seeing a tweet about the last episode because they obviously 100% did not listen. 100% did not listen to the show, did not – doesn't care. You know what? They're not going
1: to listen to this, so we're going to stop talking about it. Yeah. But – we got one last question from El Infame, Cerca, Cerca Cabre, Three Fantomas on Twitter. Says, "Can we get it to be four hours? No, it's too long. Can't edit that."
0: No, 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 no. Yeah. And now
1: we start to wrap it up. Thanks for all the questions. Oh, wait, one more thing. One more thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We have a review. Oh,
0: even yes. better. One last bit of one last bit of uh, listener feedback. We got a
1: five-star review from devil dino devil five stars dino. says Eisner adjacent fun shout out Matt Bohr. shout out to the manager he's watching he's he's giving this he gave this review a thumbs up to us privately um he said very prestigious I like that I think we are very prestigious I think we're one of maybe the most prestigious podcasts in the game premium says, premium pod mildly toxic that's about you um a great alternative to listening to Gen X dudes talk about comics I love that because what we are are two millennials talking about comics. This has never been done before. Every other comics podcast is two Gen Xers. We flipped the script. We said, we don't want to do Gen X stuff. We're doing millennial stuff. So that's why we did a full episode about Tumblr today.
0: Mhm mhm that that is the most the most uh, millennial uh subject anytime like a, a a Gen Xer starts hearing about Tumblr they just tune out they can't <laughs> they,
1: their eyes roll back behind their head they they start foaming at the mouth <laughs> yeah. having convulsions they yeah. their wives have to put like a piece of uh wood bark in their mouth to the, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so they, they don't seize
0: up <laughs> but like er, you know, all but that's the Gen that's Xers, actually
1: the fact that you laughed at that was extremely toxic. I was being serious. Uh, ableism, don't do it. That's a no This growth. is
0: the toxic stuff from the review. This is the toxic stuff about. that they were talking about. I'm really sorry. But, um, but I, what I was going to say was, like, all the Gen X people doing comics podcast stuff, I feel like they're all just trying to be Kevin Smith. <laughs> they're just like, yeah, this comic really blew my taint.
1: This- Every. Every comics chat they start out the things when okay everybody let's talk about our beer our beer pick <laughs> of the week what hops you got in yeah. that beer this this week then, we're, uh, we're
0: looking at the hottest tits in the comics <laughs> this this week like I, yeah, not I
1: got Deadpool I got Deadpool versus uh Mary Mary Jane Venom uh, I got that slabbed <laughs> it's gonna be a hot book um i got the
0: funko pop to go with it it's all on it's hottest book hottest book this month spawn 312 (laughs) shout out to shout out to matt the
1: manager oh don't let him hear you talking about him like this this is the kind of worker (laughs) revolt he doesn't like (laughs) he's he's gonna shut the patreon down he's gonna start editing the us out of the podcast speaking of the patreon oh speaking of the patreon let's wrap this thing up baby yeah Speaking of the Patreon, listen, if you want to support the show, if you like this episode for some reason, it's three hours about nothing. If you like this episode, uh, we appreciate it. And we are going to show that appreciation by pretty soon. I swear to God, as soon as I find out how to set up a separate RSS feed and everything, I'm going to pressure Daniel to start doing a second one that's more like in this format, like this exact thing that we did today. Uh, We're going to have a separate one go up that's going to be Patreon exclusive only. And I think the, what we the, might right. do—we're we talking about Flint, calling it Plantalo Supreme—but you know what I think we should do, Daniel? Just just number it also. That way, if people don't listen to that one, they they feel like a little bit of like completist. Yeah, like, oh, man. I think whenever a, a
0: podcast has like an episode that's a number, like a numbered episode that's uh, paywalled. So yeah. Do you do you
1: think that's bad or do you think that's
0: good? Um, I, it, it gives me it gives me like like completionist FOMO. Yeah, that's what, me too. That's why I feel like we should do it, right? Oh, so you mean to to uh to perpetuate perpetuate that bad feeling on our listeners to get them to, <laughs> to get go Yeah, hell yeah, let's do it.
1: Anyways, our Patreon, patreoncom slash Uh Seriously, we really we really appreciate all the love that people give us on there. We're 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 climbing that chart. I'm actually getting a little nervous about when we get 250, because then I do have to draw Wildcats number two.
0: I thought I thought you were um, gonna say that. Then you do have to pay me. Anyways, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
1: <laughs> so uh huh. So where can they follow you?
0: Uh, yeah, uh, uh, listeners can always uh, check me out at Daniel Irizarry on Twitter, on Instagram. I'm barely posting on Instagram. If you're finding me and following me there. Uh, my heart goes out to you. Uh, at some point, I'll post work. I promise. Um, yeah. Uh, what about you, Ramon? Where can people find you? You can ideas? follow
1: me at Ramon Villalobos on Twitter and the TheRamonVillalobos on Instagram. I actually, I did post yesterday for the first time in forever because uh, I have a new... Well, I didn't draw the whole comic, but I drew the cover for a comic for Z2 uh, Comics. Uh, co- they did a... They did a comic about Cypress Hill that's written by my buddy Noah Callahan Beaver, um, who is a big longtime comic fan. He used to run Complex and he actually uh, you listened to Joe Joe Budden podcast, right? Yes. You, you remember when he used to complain about Noah and all them? He used to, when he complained about the complex days, he complained about, uh-huh, Noah. Uh-huh. he complained about my friend, Noah, it was kind of sick. Every time he would bring him up, like, Oh shit. He's talking you shit about Noah. directly tied. In- <laughs> I know this dude. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, he's writing it and, uh, it's, it's being, it's being put together really sick. Um, there's a variant cover by Mr. Cartoon, who's like an absolute legend, but, uh, mine's the main cover. Oh, a, so if you buy a, the book. That's a big
0: ass deal. That's, uh, fucking Cypress Hill. Were you... Did, while you were drawing it, did you feel Tim Kane in the membrane? I, no, I felt like
1: a rock superstar. <laughs> <laughs> big, big house, five cars,
0: red charge. Oh, man. But that, that cover did come out amazing. I remember getting to see some sneak peeks. Um, yeah. The, the, I also saw, like, a recent... Like, like, an animated version of it. Yeah, they did that. It was pretty sick. And then, uh, also you can uh
1: follow the podcast at flentallo just flentallo no mex flentallo we're going to we're going to uh, start
0: doing this thing uh where we uh clip the episodes a little bit
1: yeah well let's be specific you're going to start doing the i'm
0: going to be doing some very like <laughs> low tech clipping i'm not doing anything i, I too like fancy. it i'm a fan of it But I just want to be very clear that you are doing it, not me. I'm doing everything I can to get some of the Patreon money. Take it away, (laughs) hell yeah,
1: babies.